Lewis, this is a very special day for us. It is. Um, we've been doing Cast Iron for over five years. Yep, you yep. just told me before we started. Um, and we are finally doing the most anticipated um, episode of our career. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. So we are doing Metallica's Saint Anger. We're joined with a very, very special guest this time. Uh, you may know him from the Split Screen Podcast. Uh, you, you might even know him from 5 Out of 10 Magazine. It is Craig Wilson. Craig, how are you? Hello. Shout out to all the skillets out there. That's what we in the, the <laughs> Cast Iron fan community call ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Thanks for having me. I've been I've been at Alan for years now, probably all those five years to say you need to do a Saint Anger episode because I yeah, yeah. I, I agree love this album. I <laughs> oh, don't 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 oh, don't don't spoil it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, oh, so we've kind of danced around Metallica for a long time, and yeah, it's, it's pretty much we've needed biggest, to do this. So yeah, yeah, they're pretty much the biggest heavy metal band in the world. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. Highly unlikely that anyone listening to this has not heard Metallica before. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because it's cast iron and we could have picked any of their really good early albums, <laughs> we instead decided to do one of their later ones, St. Anger. Yeah. And I think shy of Reload or um, yeah. Lulu, this is um, uh, 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 certainly a, an interesting one to talk about. So, yeah. um, so how do everybody, does everybody here, you guys are obviously... Metallica fans, or at least Metallica yeah, listeners, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And mm-hmm. so, how did we all get into Metallica? Do you want to do you want to kick off, Craig? Because we'll because what'll happen is Lewis and I'll be really bad at turn taking. So we need. <laughs> I think I'm going to try and deliberately invite you into this. <laughs> I'll just you know, stand in like the a third wheel. of the podcast, smiling yeah. nicely. So my Metallica introduction was on a mix CD that I got from a friend when I was learning to play guitar when I was about 15 or so. And it was yep. a punk rock CD, which for some reason on the last track had this tr- song called For Whom the Bell Tolls. And that was like <laughs> the first time where I went like, oh, oh, this is that Metallica that I'd heard yeah, about. Yeah, I had yeah. like Iron Maiden albums before, which was probably yep. the only kind of heavy metal, um, classic heavy yep. metal kind of thing I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my first band or the first people I play kind of music with, we had this horrible medley where it would go from some 41's Motivation into for whom the bell tolls and then into <laughs> under pressure by queen which it's interesting that you chose some 41 right because like there is definitely like um some 41 love metallica and they so, there i'm pretty sure there's like a, a medley from like a couple of years back that they did live on like um radio j or something yeah but they they played on the when mtv icon I, yes, of sure? course. They, yeah, they yeah, dubbed yeah, Metallica yeah. as the icon, and some for one open it with like a blistering medley. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, they're proper thrash kids. <laughs> and they had the they had that was it pain for pleasure? They had the strange like 
yeah. metal spin-off bit yep, that they yep. did in some of their albums because yeah. it was I only knew I don't didn't listen to any of that specifically but it was tagged onto the back of the fat lip video yeah 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 absolutely yeah it was, it's, like, it's like a bonus track on on the album but um yeah thrash definitely influences their sound quite a lot on like later records yeah um, chuck chuck yeah. especially was uh, chuck yeah absolutely um, the bitter end is just like a straight up thrash song yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, if, if if Lars thought he was done fighting Napster for stealing their music, Derek Wibley came along <laughs> and ripped them off wholesale on that one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was that was like the first song, but the first kind of proper album was I think like like one of you guys was the S and M album, which mm-hmm. is kind of I think a kind of odd way into Metallica's back catalog because at the time, I mean they don't really have a greatest hits out, but S and M is a pretty yeah. decent greatest hits if you wanted to give someone. Um, a kind yeah, of overview yeah. of like, well, here's some of Metallica's music, particularly if you bought the DVD version where you can play with the audio tracks and you can listen to just the band playing. Um, oh, wow. or, oh, that's yeah, quite nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, or you can listen to just the orchestra, which for some songs is silent for a while. <laughs> and then it all kind of picks up and the symphony comes yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, the, the copied CD version I have, where I've like <laughs> written with a, one of those Statler CD marker pens with a Metallica logo on it, um, doesn't have the bonus features. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't even have proper intros and cuts between the songs. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, Lewis, how did you get into Metallica? Oh, God. Um, I think we've spoken about it before, but yeah... Um... I well, it was this. This was the first album I bought by them, Saint Anger. But it wasn't the first time I heard them. Um, I think, as as a child of that time, it probably would have been "I Disappear" off the <laughs> Mission Impossible Two soundtrack, <laughs> um, and the odd, you know, whatever the hell Kerrang TV was playing. So one would always show up as a music video on there, and yep. you'd often see, yeah, um, Enter Sandman and things like that. But uh, as a genuine like first impressions like okay let's uh let's check out metallica then it would have been saint anger because yeah it was the first one that was available after i'd got like properly into heavier music and yeah it didn't make a great first impression at the time um but i <laughs> i have come back around to it because this year in particular i have been absolutely caning the metallica um <laughs> i i really sort of like delve back into the back, back catalog and, and, and like in investigate the stuff that I hadn't really given a proper go to be honest with you and i have found that i do really really like this band and in a weird way i've come back around to saint anger and kind of found a weird kind of appreciation for it because it's such a strange album and i love i think the strangeness of it kind of like makes it very identifiable and like there's something something really kind of special about it it captures a moment in time which obviously um the some kind of monster documentary does a great job of capturing but like the whole album as a piece is like you can tell you can tell james is off the back of a rehab thing his voice his voice is shot to shit in the on the whole record it's not a great performance by any means but it's very genuine and very um like heartfelt like the things that i love about it are when he has to scream and he's obviously like taking influence from whatever is going on in metal at the time and it's like lots of screamy bands are out at the prevalent but he's never learned that technique so it comes across as like this really pained strained sort of like <laughs> genuine kind of scream that sounds a bit like um yeah heart on sleeve you know um so yeah initially didn't like it very much i thought it was a bit of a strange it didn't sound like anything that I'd heard outside of 
you know this this release it doesn't sound like metallica and i was like is this the best that they can do but um yeah it's it's a weird like piece in time i think now i think it's nice to come back to with the with the context of seeing some kind of monster i think it makes it a, a much more interesting record to revisit um yeah so that was my first real sort of like introduction to the band and um yeah not uh, not a positive one initially but <laughs> um alan how about you so my first metallica album was also s&m but it was a hooky copy yep uh <laughs> so hooky that i think because i had to write which disc was which i had to figure it out yeah yeah <laughs> um and i started with that and then worked my way back through the classics the the first metal gig i ever went to um was metallica it was in uh, dublin in 2003 and it was the saint anger tour <laughs> oh wow okay um mm. so um and it was it was metallica supported by lincoln park and the darkness mate that's a show and a half <laughs> i would have oh, loved that <laughs> it, it, oh was, it was it was really good god if you, and, if you um, want to stamp it more to that point in the early 2000s the darkness is the yeah. band to go to <laughs> absolutely hey they're still going they're yeah, still yeah, going yeah, and I've got, I've got their um their newest one easter is cancelled on the shelf over yeah. there it's a, <laughs> it's a good record i love the darkness man totally um yeah but um I guess I've yeah I kind of went through all the all the classics and um, we can even talk a little bit about uh, about the history of Metallica um, but I've got a lot of time for pretty much everything I've ever recorded yeah. right up until Saint Anger when I <laughs> promptly stopped listening to the band um, didn't get on with Death Magnetic and um, but I do quite like the their latest EP uh, sorry their latest album Hardwired which is a great EP but a, a much less good album <laughs> um, I agree on that one. But um, but certainly for me, um, the the earlier stuff like I okay. So let's just talk a bit about the history of Metallica. So they obviously they're one of the the pioneering thrash bands in the early eighties. Absolutely. Um, if you want a bit of a history of thrash, um, you can go listen to the Emperor episode, which is you know good good cross promo and probably boosts up some kind of analytics somewhere. <laughs> um, but um, thrash really came out of a mixture of new wave of British heavy metal, uh, Metallica, particularly influenced by bands like. Um, Diamond Head and sort of but Maiden on Black Sabbath and all those kind of bands. Yep. Um, there's also a bit of a hardcore punk influence and a little bit of a, a black metal influence. Yep. Um, so Metallica started off as early thrash. Uh, so the first album, Kill Em All, is just sort of a straight up thrash album. I'd probably give that a good solid four out of five. I think it's a very fun album. I love Kill Em um, All. I think it's so much fun. Yeah. And they're having a lot of fun on it. A yeah, lot of yeah. fun. It's, um, they, that's missing from an awful lot of Metallica records after it, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, well, we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think as well, probably um, because like, the, first, the first album for a lot of bands, that's normally where they take in the songs that really work, right? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. There's, no, there's less of the discover it in the studio because they ain't got no money and they don't have any HQ yeah, yeah, where they can yeah, sit yeah, around for years exactly, at a time yeah, to yeah. come up with it. So those are they all... Discover it on the tour, right? Yeah. Exactly. Every song... Yeah is strong has like just an energy to it that i think yeah yeah totally yeah it's battle tested mm, battle yeah, tested exactly. and, and, and most and most of their songs like uh, songs like hit the lights or and um out of metal militia and stuff they're all kind yep. of like metal party songs yeah. they're all songs where they're, they're here to rock the house because they're metallic <laughs> <laughs> there's an amazing um, story somewhere on metal sucks i think and it's um it, it sounds like a parody story but it's like um like kid accidentally like um 
does himself massive injury by jumping into the fire to the tune jump in the fire <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a bonfire or something and he's just jump over it or something. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god i can't believe this is a true story mm. um <laughs> and they and they say uh, heavy metal is safe and doesn't doesn't rot the brain yeah totally um after Kill Em All is where Metallica get really interesting because they, they move into what I, I've dubbed in my notes as progressive thrash, which I think is, is essentially really early prog metal mm. um, with albums like uh, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and then and Justice for All, Yep, um, which have a lot of... You sort of get increasingly technically intricate. Yep. Um, lots of... Um, Time changes, uh, time changes and key changes, lots of dueling solos, and those yep. kind of neoclassical influences. Mm. Um, and it's almost like they've got imposter syndrome, and each album has to get more and more complex and better. And the other big thing in early Metallica is that their, um, their original Bur- bassist, Cliff Burton, mm. he was this prodigiously talented bassist, um, died on the he died in the bus crash while they were touring Master of Puppets, yep. um, which is why no Metallica albums after that you can really hear the bass on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly well, not mean, on Justice for All, which may as well have no bass. Yeah, and, and Justice for All is such a disappointing record for me because it's like it, you can tell like um, the the song structures and like the actual arrangement of everything is is fantastic, but it's so massively let down by its production. I know there's been lots yeah. of like different opinions about why this has happened and a lot of it is like oh but well they were phasing like their new bassist in so they, they they decided he hadn't earned his place to sort of like be or prominent on the record mix i don't think that is the case i know that lars in particular is very very particular over his drum sound to the point that like he keeps tweaking it when no one is in the studio and then the producers get mm. absolutely fucked off with him <laughs> um and the, i think that story changes yeah, about three yeah. times over the course of the exactly. history of that album and if you go into wikipedia it's first of all oh the producer's like oh they, they told me to turn it down and then yeah, he said, yeah. oh well um it was because we were uh touring and uh, we were deaf and we couldn't hear anything <laughs> so we just kept turning everything up and set the bass yeah. i don't and think you'll I ever think get the real opinion on it will yeah you? So, and yeah. as late of 2019 they were like oh we really wanted to hear the drum sound and stuff but um yeah. i listened to the entire metallica studio album back catalog and i guess front catalog from yeah, st danger yeah. except for and justice for all yeah and that's mainly because um Although I think um, one in particular is like one of the like top yeah, five yeah, Metallica absolutely. tracks, if not the best track, um, I've never really got into it, and mm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to rush it, so yeah. I'm going to revisit that one after this podcast yeah, and try and get into it a bit more. Um, I, 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 is there's also a way to listen to it with bass. There's a fan remix called "And Justice for Jason," which I have. Or, tr- yeah, or and and Jason for all. Also yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I also think it doesn't work. Um, I think it's unfortunately a, a product of that. That album is just so badly mixed and produced that unfortunately, like it, it, the bass. If you add a bass, it doesn't match the guitar tone at all because the guitar is so thin and like tinny mm-hmm. sounding. Um, it's it doesn't give it any sort of like um, emphasis at all. Unfortunately, it's it's a it's a real like yeah. There's it's a, it's such a shame that record it is completely ruined by its production. Unfortunately, um, because like, like yeah, like I've said, I think it's arranged amazingly. I think the actual songwriting on display is incredible, but it's just so spoiled. Um, but yeah. But then after and Justice for All, we get into the more interesting phase that I think leads us up to where where St. Anger spawns from, which is yeah. they 
having reached the um i don't know the apotheosis of the prog thrash metal genre with injustice for all yeah. they decided actually what they'd rather do is go a bit more commercial and do essentially metally hard rock albums yeah. which are self-titled album aka the black album which i think mm-hmm. is really really good um and then you've got load and reload which apart from the disgusting covers uh, which if you don't <laughs> know what they're about i would urge you not to look up because i did in preparation for this and it's yeah. called load for a reason um yeah. i actually have a lot of time for load and reload i think they're fun rock albums i get how the hardcore thrash fans wouldn't enjoy them but mm. it seems like they're a band having fun and i don't have a problem with that yeah yeah i think it helps um I, I, it helps metallica in particular I, th- I don't know what it is about him but like when when, he, when you can hear that element of like oh they're having a great time in the studio it just engages you with, with their music a lot more um and i've definitely i definitely get that with um like everything ever 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 everything after seeing some kind of monster and seeing how Kirk was like downtrodden by not being able to solo <laughs> every time like that I, I love it right. he, he, he went off and watched, surfed it's fine exactly, <laughs> did exactly. <a> surfing. <laughs> but every time I get I've, high when you're surfing <laughs> if you've ever if you've never watched them on YouTube you can watch the um, the making of all the music for the most recent album hardwired and every time Kirk turns up in the studio to just lay down an absolute ripping solo. It's like a moment of like pure joy. <laughs> I'm just like he got his justice. <laughs> there he goes. Justice Look for at him Kirk. go. <laughs> he's having a great time. <laughs> Every time he just turns up in the studio, he's there to absolutely just rip a solo, and it's fantastic. It made me give such a whole new appreciation for it, and I love, I love that side of things. And again, it's all a part of like Metallica having a great time, like. Um, you can tell, like, in a lot of those making of videos that they're having a really good time, like, arranging that record and figuring out how it all works and stuff, regardless of the, whether the end result was uh, a, fun, a great one or not. But, like, yeah, it's just... Look, it really a lot, helps. There's a lot of guff. There's a lot Absolutely. of guff on Load and Reload. There's, there's that, that questionable country rock ballad, Mama said. That might be, you know, oh, up until yeah, St. Yeah. Danger, the worst thing they've ever committed to record. Mm. Um, are, you, are you a Load and Reload fan, Craig? Um, well, I, well, I think as <clears throat> one of the truths of music is for every double album there's a great album hidden inside if they just edited it down yeah, um, yeah totally. and that's probably yeah, probably the yeah. case for load reload um, yeah but i think yeah i mean there's there's songs i enjoy on it but i think the 90s for metallica was where they kind of they could have kept on that path of just doing another injustice for all or another Ride yeah, the Lightning. yeah yeah absolutely and there's I've, i read um, i went back and read some of the reviews that came out for saint anger at the time which then mm. posited back that Look, when in the early '90s, that's when like grunge and things came out, which kind of rendered yep. a lot of big hair metal. I know I'm going to get yeah, the genre yeah. wrong here, but uh, so anyway, metal with long hair, um, <laughs> it put that in a certain light, and perhaps Metallica yeah. then, um, either because they wanted to creatively explore other avenues, which I always love when bands do that. Yeah, um, totally, totally. Or because they wanted to go ah, see this new metal thing coming around. Or not really in the nineties, mm. but like the, the just as a reaction to go, okay, we're gonna go over here and do something else. And that's when you get like Load Reload, Garage yeah, yeah. Inc., S and M, which are all yeah. I you know, all, all really good albums, but they're not uh they're not on the same tier of uh, a pure Metallica, it's the four guys in a room yeah, um, yeah. playing. Although the songwriting for Metallica I've always thought was really weird. Mm. Because they do they they they, rec- they recorded in isolation? They did all the parts individually up until the black album, I think. Kind of, yeah. They kind of collect all their their notes and record. Bit, or James and, and Kirk record lots of guitar bits, 
essentially hand it over to Lars, who will then pick pieces he likes and then together they kind of build the structure that way so it's not quite like a full jam album like saint anchor yeah, was yeah. kind of attempting mm-hmm. to be the first time that no we go into the room with nothing yeah, um, yeah and yeah. so they kind of build it up bit by bit a counter to the or a really nice complimentary documentary to some kind of monsters you can see a lot of the black album being made and um, i've just found it on youtube yeah and yeah. you see again with bob rock right as like and you see how much of a parent he's having to be to these unruly yeah. uh, 20-somethings. <laughs> that was a dreadful time for him. He didn't. He nearly didn't come back after that. I believe he had such a bad experience of it that he, he sort of vowed never to work with the band again for about five minutes and then produced all more of their albums. <laughs> oh, I can see why, because you think, you, 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 you also, you see, or I see now <laughs> as a slightly older person, how immature the band members actually are. Yeah, um, yeah. Not just like in terms of, Oh, it was like there's like porn like everywhere like that's a really cool thing to put porn on the wall <laughs> but just like how emotionally immature they all are yeah yeah and um, which really is you know the the, the root cause for the the implosion that, that leads to <laughs> yeah, the anger. Yeah, yeah that that leads to some kind of monster and said anger yeah, yeah no they, 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 there's a mention of that recently actually that revolver have done a really fantastic article uh celebrating the anniversary of load and reload and um james mentions how like yeah, because obviously everything blew up so quickly, and they were so young when they were, you know, making the first record and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they kind of missed out on an awful lot of like, you know, just growing up experiences. And like during the whole reload session in particular, um, James was having a bit of a like relapse almost, like becoming a child again sort of thing. And he's he's he, uh, one of James's pastimes is he does sort of like car um, enhancements and repairs and modding mm-hmm. and things. And he built a hot rod and uh, enjoyed. Uh, basically driving it above the speed limit and getting chased by the police. <laughs> um, so it was like, and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting because like there's like some genuine sort of like, um, it's, it makes it makes you appreciate fuel a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it really is a song about cars. There's yeah, no exactly. metaphor at all. Yeah, there's a genuine quality to it. Um, but yeah, is that the so, hot rod that he drives in some kind of monster then? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he he basically has his own garage, I think. And um, from what I can is that ga- where Garage Inc comes from? <laughs> I mean, there might also be a little bit of an element to that as well. To be honest with you, it it, it definitely comes from some basis in reality. So yeah, um, but yeah, like yeah, like you say, it def- that that immaturity is definitely part of their um, their career, unfortunately, because yeah, they they blew up so big, so quickly, so young. Um, they just didn't really have like an outlet to to explore those things normally. I guess you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm now. I've got this running thread in my head now of like all Metallica's albums being influenced by cars. Like one day he was working on his hot rod on this particular part uh, called the Stanger, and he looked at it, he thought, "Hmm, St- Sint, that could be an album name." And then he was nearly killed by an electromagnetic at a junkyard incident, and that led to death magnetic, hardwired to self destruct. It was a really unfortunate car battery accident. It's about the perils of picking up the air conditioning the wrong way around. <laughs> there's, a, there's a, rewatching the Some Kind of Monster doc. Um, a part I completely forgot is James draws a potential cover for the Saint Anger album, and it is one of those like monster type hot rod kind of caricature cartoons. I don't know the the artist's yeah, yeah. style, but it's and it I looks like 
like, can you imagine if they released that as the cover? <laughs> now, I I really like the cover as it stands. Just it's just very simple. Yeah, yeah. I like really simple kind of um, yeah, yeah. iconography and I think, stuff. And because if I remember correctly, isn't the cover artist a guy? I think he uses the uh, Pusshead as like a as a pseudonym. Maybe. I think that yeah, and Maybe. from what I can gather, he had done um, artwork for a lot, an awful lot of their merchandise and their T-shirts, like prior to um, this record. And it's the first okay. and only time I think he ever got to draw a cover. So I like that they kept it in house almost, and it's nice that he got a time to shine almost. Because yeah, it's a great cover. It's really striking. I think it really encapsulates the sound of this record perfectly. Yeah, it also doesn't say the band's name or the title on on the front, if I remember right. Yeah, it's yeah. just the fist. Yeah, right? that's that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's probably yeah. a sticker on it though. I yeah, imagine. there was. So, there was absolutely. I remember the sticker because I was also part of the day one crew on Saint Anger, yep. mm. and it was a sticker that said "Over seventy two minutes of the heaviest metal you'll ever hear," <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time that that was potentially like a health warning. <laughs> um, and that, that those 72 minutes were divided over far fewer songs than I thought <laughs> it would yeah. generate 72 minutes worth of music yeah absolutely that is definitely a fault of this record is that the songs oh. do go on a little bit don't they so shall we shall we get into it then the only, the only other things i want to say before we get in is after this they did two albums death magnetic which is crap the drums sound like rice krispies it's so <laughs> compressed it's not as good as everybody says it's very overrated it's hardwired to self-destruct which i think is a great ep and a bloated album and if you listen to like the first half of it and then the last track you'll have a good time so my hot take overview is that uh saint anger is the last original album from metallica and I think everything else has kind of been a retread. It's the last song, which is uh, the know last what? album, which has real identity to it. Yeah. And um, everything yeah, that you said at the start in terms of like, true. it's a kind of moment yeah. in time. It's, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's very like, it's like a diary page. <clears throat> well, I mean, you see the documentary, so you see it all unfold. Yeah. It's, it's very honest. But paired with that, I think there are really interesting artistic decisions in how it's made. Yeah. Um, and while... It also can be um, criticized for the compression um, issue. I don't think that's as big an issue in St. Anger because the songs and how they're constructed, there isn't really much in the way of quiet parts anyway. So I think if you lifted the compression off, I don't think you'd hear as much of the relief that you do. Um, If you play, weirdly, if you play the Guitar Hero Metallica game, uh, it contains (laughs) uncompressed versions of songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounds much better. But mm-hmm. but it's they sound like a Metallica tribute act in that album. Yeah, yeah. They sound like a, they sound like a Metallica cover band. Mm. <laughs> but this is the thing. I think the mistakes um, help define the eras. To be honest with you, like the Death Magnetic wouldn't be anything without its compression. Like I think you you might be able to it's like bring Rick it back Rubin and album. save it. But like it's just it's it's another. It's like a it's a moment in time. Like they were trying to get back that thrash sound and get back to 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 an audience that they thought they'd lost sort of thing you know and um i i think they need to make the mistakes to define the records almost i think i don't know it's this maybe that's me just being a little bit like romantic about these things but like i just i like seeing like where an artist is at a certain time and a certain time and place and i think it's i think it's those defining factors that make the records in a weird way Mm -hmm. um so yeah um, great, but yes, great. let's talk yeah. about Saint Anger. <laughs> let, yeah, let, let's get into it. We've stalled long enough. Let the arguments begin. Uh, we're on to the first track, and this is Frantic. My lifestyle determines my death style. My lifestyle determines my death style. 
Do you guys sing the song along when you edit, or do you just edit that in? Sorry, uh, we 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 edit that in, but yeah. we might just keep that bit in because it's so beautiful. Uh, if you if you sing it yourself, Lewis won't necessarily put the original over the top, so you've been warned. Uh, so um, this is. Uh, I would say torture from the get-go <laughs> kind of exemplifies <laughs> the album for me. Um, and the things that I keep coming back to in St. Anger, and I'll, I'm just going to get them off the top of my chest, is yeah. that there's lots of interesting ideas that totally disintegrate very quickly into the same muddy riffs. Mm. Um, and the main problems are the drums are atrocious, the lyricism is puerile, and the singing is beyond crap, especially on this. <laughs> so they, Keep searching! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it isn't great, unfortunately. But like we've mentioned, uh, yeah, James was going through some serious uh, ink drink issues and rehab and stuff. And it's obviously shot his voice to absolute shit. Um, but it's also the again, fact they, they, only make... had, they only had James for limited hours in a day. So yeah, exactly. You get, you get so what you get. Yeah. It's it was never gonna get like retreaded and like oh you know can we do this another take of that please um, so yeah that's not it's a bit of a shame um, I think from the, from the outset we need to like talk about production because we need to get that out of the way so that we can actually talk about the songs themselves production is as we've said compressed there is no quite loud dynamic <laughs> it is full on the drums are hideous the uh, snare sound we need to talk about right now because um, okay uh, can everybody get their best we need to have at least we have, to have one the snare sounds like x and you're not allowed to say a bin because that's what everybody says you have to have, you have to have something else pots um, and pans um, okay pots and pans yeah. Greg, what's your what's your snare analogy what have you got here what have you got what is, what is that it's a kalimba it's a type of musical instrument <laughs> but if you just hold it in a really awkward way it's not not far yeah. off there we go. Now, That's um, the one. Uh, I, I have described the drums as a strange warble, like a singing bowl or someone ringing a dinner gong. <laughs> now, this is where I come in. And unironically, I have never had an issue with the snare drum in this album. <laughs> I think... I think it is an amazing... I think it is, one of, it is uh, of clearly one of the defining features of the album. Uh, I agree, actually. Now, yeah. now disengaging the snares um, from the drum... It, it, Every, look, everything you say is right. Like, if you whatever you want to describe it as, that is what it yeah. sounds like. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It, it only ever adds to and doesn't um, detract from the songs. Now, mm. it isn't something that I would say should be, and clearly didn't become part of Metallica's um, signature style. There are also <laughs> there are some tracks in moments. I, I was trying to write it down um, when I was listening to it. There are some moments where the snare is engaged, um, and you hear. Right, it. I okay. can't remember what track it is, but. But but by and large, I think the snare drum is like one of those interesting creative decisions, and it is like it is like nothing else at the time. It's something new, 
Um, yep. And like, by God, do they commit to it? As for the rest of the drum sound, when people say they sound horrible, what is it that sounds horrible? Because I don't hear, I don't hear it yeah, the, as being yeah. No, the rest bad. of the drums, it's, they, I, it's just the fine. snare. Yeah, it's, the it's snare just the snare, that, and it's the fact that they that Lars has decided to build an entire album around just the sound of one snare and the cymbals. <laughs> That's the problem. Is it is because every song is dong gong dong gong dong gong yeah, dong gong yeah. dong gong. That's the problem. And occasionally he remembers he has two bass pedals and, and, and uh, <laughs> does his trouble, but. The, the problem is because the drum beats are so uh, repetitive. Mm-hmm. That's It's because they they're all, they all sound the same and it's one crap sound. There is, I think we'll talk about it later in Dirty Window, which is one part why I think the, that bongy snare sound is is okay. Mm. Um, but it's it, it's one of the most infamous things about the album. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can't, um, we Craig, can't not just, talk about this record uh, without it. For, for the it, record, so. Craig, can you just tell everybody what your degree is in and what your master's thesis was on so we know <laughs> you're you're actually the true authority on this? Yes, yeah, so I have a, a master's degree in physics specializing in music and acoustics. And my, my master's project was on um, uh, electronic synthesis and it was um, mod- the physical modeling of the snare drum using the finite deference method. So I spent a year in um, soundproof rooms and recording studios with a snare drum banging it over and over and over again and fun fact i couldn't i couldn't model the snares that was too advanced for me so i i modeled it with the snares disengaged so and it was only in preparing for this podcast that i go oh this might be why i I, i'm i'm okay with the sound of the snare because i sat and banged away myself so we actually have the world's leading expert on this on the podcast. I can give Apart you the numbers, Lars himself. I can give you the numbers on how it all comes down. Um, does anyone have anything to say about Frantic aside from just sort of a, a slow, yeah, serious yeah. exhale? I've got notes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think Frantic, Tick, Tick, Tock, and My Lifestyle Determines My Death Style are some of the worst first draft lyrics I've heard on anything. <laughs> but oh, they're very memorable. Uh, um, the riff, I think, is genuinely very memorable, actually. I love the frantic riff. Um, that I really, really good song, uh, riff. I, I really like hearing it. And I think whenever they play it live, it, it, people remember, oh, this, this has a good riff, right? <laughs> um, and There are lots yeah, of good but, riffs in this album. Yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with the riffs in this album. The issue is how long they they stay on the scene for that yeah. and that i think that is that is that fair yeah, yeah absolutely i think i think so in terms of like an opening track what do you want you want something potentially that um is is symbol is 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 a is a, is a um oh, what's the word for it summation uh, like yes yeah, <laughs> summation, summation of what's to come yeah and um, yeah. it's heavy there are no guitar solos the songs when they go wrong are too long any yeah, song yeah, yes, really any song which is probably over the five minute mark in here can have a minute and a half to two minutes just snipped out the middle and i think it would yeah, be agreed. a different yeah. discussion the main yeah. issue on this one for me again i agree the riff is brilliant it's mm. then they, they do variations on it though which are so such minor changes so it's made played yeah. down the neck and then it's played high then it's played yeah, yeah fast and then it's played slow and then it's played on the yep. low um because it's in drop c so it's a low c string and then it's played on the high and it's basically it's the same thing though it's like my it's minor variations with no effect so you just yeah, get yeah. the same riff over and over and over again yeah and yeah. the lyrics and you see it in the in the documentary a lot of the times hetfield's there with the mic in hand and he's just going for it and they're mm. all maybe writing stuff down but there aren't enough lyrics to justify the length of this song 
And so yes, they, and they, and that that comes up again and again. Yes, yeah, where it's yeah. like here's the verse again, but we're not going to change anything. We're just going to do it again. This ha- it happens again in Saint Anger in particular. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's there's not enough ideas to sustain it. Exactly. The other thing is that they the lyrics in a lot of these songs compared to other metallic albums are are totally disengaged from the rest of the music. They're they're like they're they're not quite syncopated, but mm. they're not really in sync at all. Yeah. Like they the the way that he does the the, the vocal delivery on the verses of Frantic is really strange. It's, no 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 yeah. no yeah 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 that's my James Hetfield impression. <laughs> Ooh, yeah <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but it's, it's it's so that that happens quite a lot where it's just it just sounds like it was recorded in another universe. Yeah. I have a theory here, and I think it's because, as Craig mentioned, this is uh, an album where they downtune, and it's not something that they typically do uh, up until this point. Um, they're, they're, they're very much, you know, they traditional tuning for guitars. Um, but on Saint Anger, obviously, everything is massively downtuned, and I don't think it suits Hetfield's range. Um, so he has mm-hmm. to sort of, like, make up for that by almost distorting his voice naturally to a point where it's like everything is kind of overdriven and like it's got that heat to his voice you know where it's like kind of grunchy crunchy sort of sound and um it it yeah it just doesn't lend it the music doesn't lend itself to his style he needs that more traditional higher end uh, guitar playing for him to sort of like sit comfortably vocally with it and it doesn't work here he never sounds like he's comfortable with the actual like um musicianship at any given point because it's all so much lower than he's normally used to in this song in particular he gets that force sort of strained scream in it where it's like that and it's like it doesn't quite (laughs) (laughs) it turns into a rooster yeah yeah exactly it's like it because he just doesn't have the 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 vocal training for screaming and it's like yeah it, it 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 never matches up with what they've what they've um decided to write unfortunately i think maybe if they'd written this with traditional guitar, guitar tuning, I don't know whether it would have sounded good, but like it would at least have put Hetfield's voice back into the range that he's more comfortable with. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I think some some of these songs, it's almost like it's the kind of difference between um, sculpting something out of clay, where yeah. they're kind of putting pieces onto the table and they're shaping it and going, okay, yeah. well this kind of goes here, and because they've shaped this arm over that direction, it kind of means the head kind of needs to go over here, and so mm. you end up with with something that's like five nearly six minutes long but with mm. very few lyrics very few riffs yeah. and uh, the other thing which you haven't mentioned yet is i think this is the first time they use pro tools so i think this oh is okay potentially the first time they jumped into using like a digital editor mm. and more digital audio workstation so because black album definitely caught on tape because you see people in the background yeah doing yeah yeah what absolutely. is just like wow. magic i can't imagine how yeah, you yeah. do that um, yeah and Hetfield mentions it in one of their therapy sessions that, you know, oh, we've got a verse, chorus, verse, and then Bob will loop it three times and then go, right, what lyrics have you got? And it's like, well... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. That does, that does sum up the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, they get a story or they have a lyrical idea that, that can 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 sustain, uh, can sustain work over the length. This one, though, doesn't. A song, it's meant... According, I found online, because I don't have my booklet anymore because I've, I've, I've just mm. you know, chucked it all on a CD wallet. Seems like the song James says the song is about searching for a solution to death. That doesn't really come across to me. Um, no, not at all. No, this song, this song's lyrics are completely incoherent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and and the reason they're incoherent is because they all sat around with notepads, coming up with lines that they thought sounded good, and they pulled all the best ones together. Yeah. and so that'll do. And that's and that's like uh, to go back to your clay analogy, Craig. It's like they've got an arm here, they've got a leg here, and then they step back and they go, "Hold on a minute, 
this isn't clay. This is shit. I've been molding a pile of shit. I've been polishing this turd. Uh, um, Interestingly, so we... Lars wanted this to be uh, the name of the album as well. So I'm also Frantic. wondering whether, oh, okay. yeah, uh, again, another bit from the documentary, and they 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 they, show, they go they don't want it because it sounds like they're um, potentially out of control and stuff, which is a very like, I don't think anyone's gonna think it. No one, no one thought you know, when you said ride the lightning, thought that you were actually riding lightning. <laughs> um, so I almost wonder whether the fact that it became the opener was almost a compromise, um, mm. to Lars on that, but I don't know. Um, but it, yeah, that's an interesting point. I'd call this album My World. <laughs> oh, it definitely is their world, isn't it? Uh, Sucker. Right. We should move on okay. because we're only off yeah, on track who, one. <laughs> oh, God, this is gonna this is gonna be a double album, and then you listener can go in and pick the the song <laughs> discussions that you liked best to make oh. a, a good single podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about Saint Anger. Fuck it all and no regrets. I hit the lights on these dark sets. I need a voice to let myself. We need to talk about this because this won a Grammy. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Um, I mean, all, all kinds of weird metal songs win Grammys. I'm going to, while you guys tell me what you think of St. Danger, I'm going to go look it up in the background and see what has won the Grammy for best metal performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is such a weird song, and it's so weird that it's like the defining song for the record. It's such a random assortment of song parts that I don't think really melds together correctly. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think Metallica doing time changes will ever sound like normal to me. I know they've done it in the past and I know the earlier stuff, especially, you know, those first four records can get a little bit progressive and there are time changes and things like that. But they feel like they flow correctly. They don't Mm. on St. Anger. It feels like the pieces are just sort of like dropped in place and it's like, and then we'll have this riff which doesn't quite match the previous like riff that's come before it and they'll completely turn the distortion off the guitars and it's just like this doesn't fit guys it doesn't really work to me um drum the drums on this in particular are really awful sounding um i hate the way that lars's first sort of like dun 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 beat doesn't come in at the start of the riff it like misses a beat <laughs> and he plays yeah, like behind the beat of the song yeah it's so strange yeah. and it feels really unnatural and and yeah <sighs> Yeah, I just saying. Like, mm. I think the song is also twice as long as it really should have been. It doesn't have enough ideas to maintain its length, unfortunately. The, the, there's a moment at the five minute mark where I'm like, ah, oh, that is a good song, and then it restarts. Um, yeah, and yeah. it is, it just... and it's almost the same kind of section for section as the intro. Mm. Um, you're absolutely uh, right in terms of like those those kind of changes. There's, and and it happens quite a lot in the album where there's typically a kind of cleaner guitar verse yeah which then either jumps straight into a very distorted pre-chorus or chorus in yeah. this track it is kind of like whiplash um, yeah, and yeah really really and is it also it, i can only imagine it um it's not i can't it's only i imagine it comes because of the way again they recorded it and where you could cut sections in and drop it in and go oh well maybe this kind of works and then that somehow sets the the template and you, you don't try and write something that will go you know, transition you from your heavy to smooth uh, yeah, sections. Yeah. I kind of like it though. 
And I think in, in, right, this in, is the in, thing, in, right? In the song Craig, about totally. anger here and snapping into anger, thematically, <laughs> it kind of works for me in this yeah. track. Absolutely. And look, I, I I sounded massively negative there, right? But this song is pretty I- iconic in a weird way. <laughs> There's something about it where I'm just like, hang on a minute, I don't hate this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the the proof in the pudding is I own both cd single versions of this sing of this song <laughs> with the with the different b-sides um for some reason <laughs> um yeah I, I it is so strange i don't think it really works on on the whole but there is something about it that is very iconic and definite and it, it nobody forgets saint anger right like mm. you everybody knows how saint anger goes right <laughs> it's the strange main, in that yeah. way in that sense the main riff yeah. isn't far removed from the kind of master of puppets. Um, mm, that's true. Riff. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of down there. It's a similar, um, you know, little tight collection of semitones and whatnot. Um, and I think that kind of helps a little bit, whereas yeah, it's yeah. not as huge a departure um, from 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 their older style. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. not as it's not as like it's, it's nowhere near as intricate as the master of puppets riff because it's mm. almost like it's the first half of it. Because Master of Puppets is... This is just... Eight minutes, this. Here we go. Like I think I think the... I think the opening riff's quite catchy. And although it's definitely more radio-friendly than some of the other tracks. And I think in retrospect, it's not actually that representative of the album as a whole. No, I don't think so either. It's quite different from the rest of them. But it's got a what I one of the things I think about Saint Anger is it's kind of like Metallica does new metal, mm. and this is like, mm. especially the lyrics is like asking your dad to write lyrics to what he thinks Slipknot sound like, <laughs> having not heard Slipknot, and it's got it's got a little bit of a sometimes the percussion this does have that raw Slipknot feel to it, yeah, without the without the snare sound, but it's interesting that. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of dip in and out of some kind of monster, but um, one of the things they talk about is this whole... They have this discussion about guitar solos. Um, and this is one hour 15 into the movie, and my watch pinged me and said, you should go read a book. <laughs> 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 but um, true true story. It reminds me every night. Um, but they're talking about, oh, you know, we don't want to do what everybody else is doing and record solos and stuff. So instead what they do is they don't record solos, which is what everybody was doing at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, and so it, becomes da- it becomes dated in this weird new metal mm-hmm. way instead but it's yeah. but I they're not know, quite but, they're not quite getting what makes that music work it's not just apply apply the drop tones and drop the solos it is mm. keep things shorter and punchier mm-hmm. yeah which is what they don't do this is just so fucking long yeah you can yeah. and that's why you can do a radio edit and jess we listened to this in the car and <laughs> today and she had never heard the full album version of oh, really <laughs> oh, like, my, oh god. my god and, and she didn't know because you can just randomly scrub through any track in this album and it all just sounds the same. Yeah. This is just two ideas. So, mm. There's the the slightly less loud bit where he's talking about Saint Anger around yeah. his neck. And then there's the bit about the he feels his world shake like an earthquake. Um, and it's just that it's just that three times. It's just yeah. that three times. Yeah. Bit of a smudge near the end, but it's really just verse, chorus, same verse, same chorus, same verse, same chorus, and yeah. I mean, the, the lyrics are direct transcriptions from their therapy sessions, right? Like, I want my anger yeah. to be healthy. Um, yeah. No, I, I, li- <laughs> I like lyrics like that. Like, I really like kind of plain, unassuming lyrics. Like, well, it's um, honest, isn't it? Oh, Absolutely. I love the colorful clothes that. she wears. 
like like the Beach Boys. <laughs> like suddenly it's this new thing. I'm not saying like this is um, kind of uh, Brian Wilson levels of intricacy <laughs> here, <laughs> um, but the you know I again like fuck it all and fucking no regrets. I kind of like stuff fuck like it all, fucking no regrets. <laughs> and then it's like I hit the lights on these dark sets, and I always wondered whether hit the lights was a callback to hit the lights the track. Um, yeah, yeah, Kill totally. I, they love doing that sort of thing. Probably. So I think so, absolutely. Um, and and there is, it, it, you know, for me, the lyrics on this one, it, it has the issue again of I could have used with a wee bit more development in here. Um, mm. But like the lyrics strike a nice balance between that. It's very clearly their therapy sessions, and there's a little bit of imagery going on um, mm. in terms of you know seeing anger around my neck, um, yeah, the, yeah. the noose and hang myself and all that kind of stuff. Um, that kind of idea of development, though, is another thing that I think could have helped the album. Where mm. you know, if you're going to have three choruses in a song, your first chorus is normally generally a bit plain. You add a little yep. bit to it on the second chorus, and then you go all out bells and whistles on the third. That you know, the, part Did of their you... mission statement here was like no overdubs, no um, none of that kind of touching up um, yeah. embellishments, and it, it that's cool, like raw, fast, heavy. That's kind of a punk aesthetic, but there's a reason there's no punk songs that go eight minutes long. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, very, very true. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Also, Shall we? Uh, uh, you've got, uh, the the live it. version has a guitar solo now. I saw on YouTube. What? Oh really? Oh okay, they that's squeezing. They... What does it sound like? Just a lot of wah wah pedals. Uh, it sounds like Kirk Hammett. Um, yeah, and his yeah, guitar well, falling yeah. down the stairs on a wah pedal. I mean, it's the usual. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, but it's just, it's just squeezed right in there. There's no. I don't think there's really any change to like. There's no new bridge or anything. It's just like yeah, jammed yeah. in on it over a section. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where the solos would unfortunately save an awful lot of these songs. To be honest with you, but um, not if it, not if they, not yeah. if they, but, uh, if the songs got even longer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. God. Ah. <laughs> uh, Right. So let's talk. Let's. Talk. Oh, you get another. I've got one thing. I've got one thing. I came up. Like I came up with. I came up with. Tell the the tri- I came up with a trivia question. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Um, so allegedly, uh, the Saint Anger thing came from James getting the Saint Christopher pendant. Um, but right, that doesn't right. make sense because Saint Christopher is the patron saint of traveling, not anger. So, mm. who is the patron saint of anger? He's got three choices. Is it A. Saint Jerome, a fourth-century priest who transcribed scripture, who beat his own chest with a rock? Or is it B, St. Giles, a 7th century hermit who only drank the milk of female deers? Or is it C, St. Hammett, a 21st century heavy metal guitar player who put up with James and Lars' bullshit for all those years? <laughs> well, the latter never got respect, yeah, so yeah. Would, would, would fit with the song. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a St. Giles Cathedral... Uh, in Oxford, so I think that's unlikely to be Saint Giles. I know it's a cathedral, to church. I'm gonna go with Saint Jerome. Yeah, I was gonna say Saint Jerome. <laughs> yeah, that is that is correct. Saint Giles is the uh, patron saint of breastfeeding. <laughs> Craig Wilson, new dad, everyone. <laughs> oh my god! Let's talk about oh. some kind of monster, eh? <laughs> oh. Some kind of monster. Why 
what is what is going on here? Okay, so um, I've I've written my own lyrics for this one, um, mm-hmm. and they are: this is the song that ain't so bad. This is the riff that is quite rad. <laughs> I did something um, similar. I said, "This is the blank that blanks the blank." Uh, th- th- like this is the end that will never end this is the end beautiful friend the end this is the story all about how my life got flipped turned oh, upside down great <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the like, first of the one, eight minute uh, boss fights of the album <laughs> this this to me um actually sounds more like something off load reload yeah around the two minute mark and mm. it's probably the most comfortable the band sounds now i'm not sure if this is off the the Presidio sessions, mm-hmm. but it's certainly the track they talk. They, they focus on this earlier in the movie, yeah. which makes me think that they've recorded it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got a bit of the "I disappear" wah wah sound. Yeah, yeah. There's still like so much weird shit. Like the guitar sounds totally disconnected from the drums at the beginning. Like they're just they're in two different worlds. Um, again, it's yeah, it's eight minutes, eight minutes long. Yeah, and a, four minutes long would have been more than enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's, uh, it's quite yeah, a mid-paced and, sort of stompy song, isn't it? So mm-hmm, like for, to mm-hmm. drag it on that long feels like quite a trudge, actually. It's very repetitive. Yeah. Um, I do like that Kirk gets to play a lead guitar part. That's quite nice, even if it is just... <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> I, lo- I love um, the tones but, of that. The tone of all the guitars are great. It's just what it's they very, play is... Do you know what? It, it reminds me of him. Um, like in particular, there's a Razorblade Romance like guitar sound, which almost sounds like a fax machine, <laughs> and it's got that sort of quality yeah. to it. <laughs> um, it's got a real, oh, it's like a, it's like a crackle and crunch. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's almost like the sound of when you plug a headphone it's, jack in yep, and out, yep. tuned to perfection. It's that kind of completely static. overblown. Yeah, uh, you know, it's as distorted as you can really get because the signal's yeah. dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Um, it's fine. I didn't. It, it doesn't strike me as one of the best songs on the record. I do like the riff. Uh, don't get me wrong. Mm. I think another great riff early on, um, which helps drive the sort of song through. But um, yeah, I just think it's a little bit sloppy. Unfortunately, it's a very repetitive uh, bit of a trudge. Um, it's a. It's, it's too long. <laughs> the, the lyrics are shit to the point of hilarity, though. Mm. Um, my, I think my favorite bit. Uh, well, there's two bits that I particularly like. It's the bit where the chorus is just for for no explicable reason. We the yep. people <laughs> why is that is that going to be like what, what's that we what what can, the people what i can only imagine that it came out of a therapy session because like what we the people is like the kind of u.s constitution right begins yeah, with, yeah. The American constitution. yeah so i don't know if they were the trying to do some kind of like yeah. mission statement thing but the rest of the lyrics because they're so so committed to that structure of the this is the blank that blanks the blank yeah you yeah, you, yeah. you you just become numb to it like yeah, i literally yeah. went through i was going to do like another trivia to see like which of these is the real lyric and i was like some of these are so bad i can't think of one that's worse like <laughs> you know uh, just... I, I i've got the I, I can get the lyrics up here quite quick <laughs> I've got unnamed feeling open because i wanted to know what they sort of some kind of monster and um, i mean blah, blah, blah. this is the flood okay. that drains these eyes it's okay. <laughs> this is the feel that's not so safe. This is the face you'll never change. Um, this is the circles in which we t- run. Th- is that one? This is the. Um, I don't think. Um, no, no, that's that's. Uh, this is the cloud that swallows trust. This is the black that uncolors us. Um, yeah. Dire. It, it just, it just <laughs> doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work. 
This is the trap that smells so good. Yeah. It just doesn't work. To the, it's not connected to the chorus. And I think, you know, had, had you not seen in the documentary where they come up, I forget the context, but they come up with the phrase, um, some kind of monster they're talking about. They're just talking about it. And they're like, oh, that's a really good name for a song. I would have thought like they were talking about the song because it is a Frankenstein monster of different bits stitched together. I think you're yeah. right, Alan. There's definitely different sections of different takes of songs that just hard cut from one bit mm. to another yeah. different from other songs where there's like the whiplash between a clean and a verse there's just full-on different jam sessions happening here and that's how you get to eight minutes and then you go oh, yeah Christ, yeah. how are we gonna how are we gonna sing over this <laughs> I mean, it is, it, see i think this is actually this song is more emblematic of what the album's like and yeah. the documentary because they because it it sums up what the album's like some some kind of monster yeah like, this is the bit from over here this is the bit <laughs> from over there uh, my, my other favorite vocal bit is um at the end the weird ominous i mean us ominous i mean us what what i quite I, like that though uh, well, I, I, I like, like it, it too but it has I, I like no, it in an ironic way I think it has it's no cook, relevance to anything else though which is again it's like an interesting yeah. idea but it's like if they set up some idea of like it's like a druid chant or maybe it's like oh you're in like a aren't we all just like chanting along in society like no there's no like thought to it it's just kind of there <laughs> yeah. but that's that this sounds the cool movie Let's gives you it. that yeah. but the movie gives you that context because the lyrics are written by committee and so they were more concerned with sounding profound and being honest mm. and truly meaningful and there's definitely a difference between songs like this and frantic with all saturn pads of paper versus some of the other songs which are much more honest mm -hmm. and obviously coming from james hetfield i think yeah. things like uh, unnamed feelings probably a good example yeah um or sweet amber is another confessional one and i think like okay the lyrics are still bad but i think they're more honest kind of bad yeah. this is a forming um, this is a, a t-shirt yeah this is a forming song this is this clearly early on in the recording i think they're discovering what the sound is going to be in it but my God, yeah. I wish they revisited it uh, or were able to revisit <laughs> it and, and, and rewrite it. It's definitely also the point of the album where if anyone didn't realise they were in for a lot of repetition, it's going to hit them now. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's also the moment where I remember there's a bass guitar in the album. Um, there's just like a little yeah. slide at one point. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's a bass here. <laughs> and, the, and the bass in this album, in case anybody thinks it's Rob Trujillo, it's not. It's Bob Rock. Yes, because 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 um, he he do, Rob doesn't join the band until after this has been mm -hmm. recorded. He mm. joins before they tour it. That's why they get him because they have to because they have to appear an MTV icon. <laughs> yeah. and and not only are they not going to get Jason Newsted, they're not even going to acknowledge his existence. Yeah, and they're going to pretend mm. that the new guys in Metallica. Yeah. Uh, because they're because they're nothing if not petulant and disrespectful what, to each other. What oh. do you guys think of the last ten seconds of the song? I always forget it's there. It's this inexplicable little kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're on about now. Um, that is odd. Yes, um, it's almost like you say because it's all written like a big jam session. It's like, well, how the hell do we oh. end this song, right? Jesus, that's 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 bizarre. <laughs> I think we're just... you, need, you need to cut that. You need to cut that in, Lewis. Especially yeah, yeah, from, totally. Like, it goes to the riff and the bang, 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 bang. Wow, that's that's odd. Yeah, it's Again, weird because they just like Bob Ross yeah, says, like they don't want Bob Rock. Sorry, not Bob Ross. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna put a, have, it, have a little drum solo here. 
Um, he says like they don't want afterthoughts, but there's so many times. There's a couple other songs where they do this. They just add some weird clip right to the end of the track. Because they don't um, have to end the songs, right? Yeah. It's just like yeah. we just here's something, right? That'll do. Move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we should move up next. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we should move on because I well I need to pee already. We've probably had <laughs> ten tracks left to do. Uh, okay, dirty window and in a comfort break then. <laughs> Dirty Window. So, so Lars Ulrich was interviewed about the drum sound in this album, or perhaps, I don't know, interrogated was probably the right choice. <laughs> um, and he said that the drum tone for the snare was deliberate because it harmonized with the, um, the rest of the, the music. Mm. And at the beginning of Dirty Window, and only at the beginning, only at this point in the entire album, you can hear that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's the only time at which you go. Oh, yeah, that's that's acceptable. This is my favorite track of the album. Love it. You're you're meant to keep that sorry. to the end, oh, sorry, Craig. Sorry, okay, edit that. Out. <laughs> that's okay. We'll remember that for later. Sorry. But uh, uh, I, I love Dirty Window so, as well. I think it's great. I think the riff is awesome. Do 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 do. I'm just like, oh yeah, let's have a fucking mosh pit, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice and fast and thrashy. It's loads and loads of fun, and that's kind of what I want from Metallica. Um, the one thing I also wanted to mention about this is when uh, James does the whole and I slam my gavel down. I'm just like, he could have probably done a more effective growly low scream for this record instead of the weird high-pitched pained one that he does all the, all the time. Like, why didn't he use yeah. that more? It sounds good. <laughs> um, he's, I mean, he's not a he's not a he's not a bad singer, really. Not at all. Not at all. And but, it's interesting yeah. that whenever there's parts of some kind of monster, and he's warming up before they go on mm-hmm. tour, and he's doing his me 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 his little tape, and it sounds fine. Yeah, yeah. He j- I think it. I think it is a product of he was only there for four hours a day. Yep, and. Um, We've got a bit of time at the end. We can talk about Metallica's lunch break tactics. Um, <laughs> but he's only there for four hours a day. And, and Bob Rock said that it was very difficult to get anything good out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's, and I think previously they would have pushed him for many more takes. Yeah. Yeah. To get, to get the, to get the good ones out. But this time they, they didn't do that. And then it shows that, uh, I mean, you, you told me before, Lewis, you thought this one was pretty good. And I said, oh, St. Anger's goth. And you're like, oh, dirty window, mate, dirty window. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. not bad. I don't mind that sort of Latin-esque bridge. It's quite oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this has the most honest line in the album, which is, I drink from the cup of denial. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love the way uh, he sings amazing. that. It's such a kind of ugly, like, I... Again, it's a weird <laughs> yeah. choice that works in this song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I I really like Dirty Window. I think it's a great song. Um, and um, I think if I remember correctly, for the tenth anniversary of Saint Anger, they did a weird like one-off performance with Bob Rock on bass. Yes. And it was this song. And it's so annoying that you can't find a like a nice high-quality version of it. I'd love to hear it. Um, but yeah, like because Metallica are very good at like archiving lots of like live stuff on their YouTube channel. They've been doing like mm-hmm. these things Metallica Mondays over the summer, where they've just been uploading an entire show. Um, and it's really fun to watch, actually, just like seeing where they are at that place in time and what they're doing. Um, I, but yeah, Dirty Window never seems to show up. And I'm just like, oh, I'd really like to see this live. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
quite surprised they, they played it again because they only really ever they only ever really play Saint Anger and Frantic. Yeah, yeah that's it. You're you're yeah. a Guitar Hero Metallica fan, Craig. Are there any songs from Saint Anger in Guitar Hero Metallica? Uh, Frantic is the only uh, yeah, song on it. And on Metallica's site, they actually have play counts. And you're right, Frantic and Saint Anger are by far the most. Dirty Window has only got a couple. And I've I also watched this video with Bob Rock playing, and I just have written in all all caps: Bob Rock strums the bass like a ukulele. <laughs> um, and you've got Rob Trujillo, the big silverbacker <laughs> tarantula yeah, yeah. man, stomping about yeah. with his big meaty fingers, and then Bob's like going, dick 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 wrist flapping about. Yeah. Um, oh, um, it definitely I... comes from a different time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You can do your bit in Dirty Window. Go for so, it. I think this has this is this is the first time where the lyrics I think really step up to the plate, in that mm. there is a strong lyrical imagery metaphor of like the dirty window you know yeah like ah i'm in my house it's all i think it's all nice and clean but looking out or people looking in through the dirty window think it's otherwise and it's all that kind of oh how do people see you rejection of how people see you um, and mm. then going into the whole judgment kind of section um, yep. of you know the mm-hmm. judge jury executioner stuff i forget what's it protector all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah projector yeah. protector rejector infector yeah. yep. projector rejector infector injector <laughs> defector yeah. effector it's a bit like um the david draymond star, star <laughs> school of writing where just every word ends in ation so <laughs> yeah, automatically it's, rhymes it's never the greatest way to write a set of lyrics but um like it's still at least like the, let's say the imagery all works it's positively a short song coming in at just over five minutes um, and yeah, Lucy said the riff is an absolute belter. Mm, it is absolutely. though another because because so many of the songs are written in this kind of dropsy tuning. Okay, that might that might. I wanted to do like a big kind of musical analysis of this and like like what key is each song in. I didn't manage to do that, but I just know from having played them, most of the riffs tend to play the kind of C, D sharp, and F. So they're all in like a kind of C minorary kind of area. Yeah, and yeah. You, with that zero three five you know, on the frets, you can kind of play most of the album. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, kind of. It's not far off from, like, some kind of monster. Um, yeah. It's the same as Dirty Window, which isn't too far off from, like, Purify. Um, yeah. It's, it, and so I think on a first listen, again, I don't I don't um, blame anyone for going, these songs are all the bloody same. Having yeah, listened yeah. to it, and it never that will never really leaving my side for so many years, I... I kind of feel the difference more than yeah. i think there is any but yeah, the yeah. song it, it just has a kind of tightness to it and a focus mm. that isn't apparent and it, i can only imagine it means it must have been written near the end of the sessions <laughs> mm. maybe maybe one of the things that sticks out for me from some kind of monster is when they're packaging it up for the record executive they talk about how they've got about 30 songs and it's like <sighs> <laughs> got in the Simpsons, like you know, we did thirty takes, and that was the best. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shall we move on to Invisible Kid? Yes, let's do that. So, what do we think of this one? 
Um, I like the riff at the start again. <laughs> what a, a what a riff! I'm, yeah. I'm serious. This is, this is a really this is a really good riff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great riff. Although one minute into the song, I looked at my music app and I was wondering how the fuck this three minute song was going to last for eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another one of those, isn't it? I think it's a bit average on the whole, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really memorable outside of that that like that opening riff. Far too long. Um, what I do like though is the weird delivery of. Open your mind on being right here, right now. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> that always amuses I, me. <laughs> it's um, there's a lot of weird stuff to this. Like it goes a bit, it goes a bit kind of early tool slash Deftones. About yeah, two minutes yeah. in there. I'm a kid, just go away. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite, quite Deftonesy. <laughs> um, and I was also quite impressed. These are my these are my notes at the at the gym when I was listening to this. Yeah. Also quite impressed with the midsection. It is basic, and this is where the lack of solo hurts. But oh my god, what is this? It sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pure, uh, pure. I love it. It's the, there's a good short rock song in here. Yeah. But it's got a shit rock song stuck in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't think I don't think you can say that for the whole album. I think most of the songs are straight up bad, but this one I actually quite I actually quite like oh, I actually quite like the riff. There you go. We've got, we got three seconds. I actually quite actually, actually quite enjoy Invisible <laughs> Kid, but it's mainly it's mainly carried through by the, the strength of the riff and the the charming shittiness of the lyrics. And what helps as well, it's in a different tuning from the rest. So it's it's oh, like okay, three yeah. whole steps down with a further kind of step down on the, the so it's like an A flat on the A string. So the guitar is very, very it's like actually a half the low string of the guitar is almost like a bass A string. It's heavy as all hell. Like yeah, very, yeah. very low and rattly. And it does give it like instantly gives it a, a kind of identity that it sets it apart from the rest. I, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's one of the lesser like songs for me because it's again, it's eight and a half minutes of of a three minute song, yeah. Um, and the, the the where I like James. Also, I think of this as the Kirk Hammett song. I don't know if Kirk Hammett wrote it. I like to imagine it's about Kirk Hammett. Right, Invisible Kid got stuck where he is, falling through the grid. Also, you can just replace Invisible Kid with Kirk Hammett got stuck where he hid. You know, oh. Kirk Hammett in a place of his own, will he'll never be known in a word he's surfing. Um, Kirk yeah, falling through the grid. But, Kirk Hammett locked away in his brain it, from the shame and the pain. World down the drain. He's suspicious of your touch. Don't want no crutch. But it's all too much. <laughs> Are you okay, Kirk? I'm okay. Just go away into distance. Let me fade. Yeah, I just think it is because oh, he's dear. such a he's such a kind of a victim and a bystander of most yeah. of most of the the, the the conflict and trauma in that band. <laughs> um, later, later on the uh, the recording sessions in verse seven, Kirk. What a good boy you are! Yes. Out of the way, and you've kept yourself. Ooh, can't you see that he's not here? He doesn't want the attention yeah. you give. Ooh, Gosh. unplugging from it all. Kirk Hammett floats alone in his room. Ooh, what a quiet boy you are. Yeah. Kirk looks so calm, floating round and around right. himself. Alan. <laughs> the, uh, there this you go. That's all the lyrics. Let's move on. The, the what a good boy you are part. I wrote down like this is the first of James' character acting choices, where he's he's, he's debuting. <laughs> A new SNL character called Cheek Pinching Ant, where he's like, Ooh, what a good boy you are. Again, I like the idea. In this case, the execution fails miserably for me. 
yeah oh it's like is this so bad it's good or is it just bad <laughs> he does he does another one in and, and shoot me again which we'll get to oh jesus, oh, jesus. Yeah. uh <laughs> well we're not there just so, yet but we should probably so, talk about my world hey <laughs> it's my world now it's my world Again, it's silly and fun, and it made me smile, and I like this song. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, like, I think this is a great song. Um, uh, I also, it's the one pained, straining scream where I really enjoy it. I don't even know what the yes. question oh, is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, okay, okay. So, so first of all, um, this is uh, for him the snare tools and the drums are really terrible in this track. It sounds like sounds like geez, it sounds like Lars is playing a fire poker. Um, and and again, it's amazingly self indulgent. So yeah, yeah. It just goes on forever, and it wouldn't be that bad a performance. And I really like the the bridge. Not only do I not know yeah, the yeah. answer, and I actually really like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not four minutes; it's six. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a little bit slighter than most of the songs on this record, so a little bit, there's some reprieve, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is one of the songs up there with Dirty Window for me that I, I do come back to quite a lot, actually. Um, I, I think it's silly and funny, and it sounds like they're having a laugh, and I, I will yeah. always treasure that. <laughs> this is a song that when I was going through it on a re-listen, I... I I liked it the more I thought about it. And mm. weirdly, I think this is actually probably the best drumming on the album. A in lot. That, in that wow. there, the, there's a lot of different drum sections and they always work to serve either what the guitar is doing or to accent off what the vocals are doing. Yeah, I can For see example, that. For example, on the yeah. It's My World Sucker has got a kind of hi-hat hit. I think, yeah, 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 totally. That kind of tease it up. Um, and... Uh, you know it's my world you can't have it It has these kind of rolling toms which give a different atmosphere to what what happens on other other parts of the album and it's got a good groove to it Um, yeah 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 it's i think it's a song just about the therapist right like because there's a point (laughs) where they totally reject him Um, and you know like like not only do i not know the answer i don't even know what the question is you know it's my world you can't have it motherfuckers in my head like I assume that this is just about the yeah. therapist. That's a it's a pretty good interpretation of it, I think. Yeah, totally. And then there's that, but then there's the end bit where it just it's just him shouting "enoughs enough" over yeah. and over, and, and it over. doesn't like meet the rhythm of the song at all. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I was like, I agree. Enoughs enough. Yeah. It's enoughs enough. Enough. <laughs> See, I imagine. But that's then it also the... ends on um, "It's my world." <laughs> <laughs> because we can't say sucker because that would just be stupid yeah. right <laughs> sucker for me the uh, enough's enough part is uh, it reminds me of the stand the, the standout moment of the documentary when the therapist pushes a post-it note across the table with some lyrics that he's, he's written on them and the band and it's really what unites Metallica <laughs> back together as a unit <laughs> it's their complete repulsion at the concept of this um, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a tight song, man. It's it's. Mm, I totally, think it's totally. a good length as well. Um, yeah, I agree. You could um, you could trim stuff from it, but not whole sections like other songs. There's probably just you know two variation, two two re- re- repeats of a riff rather than four or something like that. 
Oh, I have, I have another lyric trivia, if you want. Okay, right. go on. Oh, yeah, go for it. Because yeah. I was really surprised looking at the lyrics of this song. So this is just mm. simple. Which, which of the following is the lyric from the song? Is it okay. A, devil knows it only rains on me. B, B, God, it feels it like it only rains on me. Or C, why does it only rain on me? Is it because I lied when I was 17? <laughs> it's um it's it's god it feels like it only rains on me yeah, that's the one Just, it's the best album for me to do karaoke to because i have a tin ear so that doesn't doesn't matter for this yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's authentic i'm in i'm in tune <laughs> right um, should we talk so about next, shoot me again yeah let's talk about shoot me again the song about napster Before we do anything here, guys, um, I would like to ask you both: Have you heard "You Only Live Once" by Suicide Silence? No. no. Right, go and listen to the intro right now, both of you. Okay, right, Jesus Christ! This is. Oh my god. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Suicide Silence clearly influenced by Shoot Me Again by Saint from Metallica Saint Anger. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just the moment every, every time that hits, I'm just like, oh, uh, Suicide Silence. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except it came about, you know, yeah, that came before it. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, oh, yeah, this is another is mediocre, stompy number with an annoying, repetitive lyric. Um, and yeah, I just I really don't like the shoot me again. I ain't dead yet. Shoot me, so shoot me again. So, I ain't dead yet. So, so stupid. If you had to uh, sum that up in a character from the James Hetfield character <laughs> acting masterclass, would you would you say it was zombie sheriff badass? <laughs> shoot me again. I ain't dead yet. Shoot me again. I ain't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good graphic uh, novel in this album, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> the I, many, the many faces of James Hetfield. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, of this I, one, I'm not oh, the sorry. biggest fan of this one. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very long and repetitive, and just the lyrics are so again first drafty. It's like, oh, I, you know, that's I've got this phrase, "Shoot me again," right? Like that, that's that's cool and interesting. Like uh, I'm sure I can beat that look, to death. <laughs> I I think even by the low standards of Saint Anger, this yeah. is pretty dire. Yeah, easily yeah. the worst track yet. Weak, mm. weak riff, pathetic lyrics. The vocals are awful. There's really not a lot of redeeming quality here, and it's yeah. seven minutes long. Yeah. And I think around five minutes, I was like, God, can I get away with not listening to all of this for the podcast? <laughs> but but if you listen all the way to the end, there's a, there's a new metal breakdown that ends so mad. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, some reprieve, I guess. So, um, I think there's like a oh, pretty yeah, good groove in the verses, though. Like a lot of the album, yeah. the, the two guitars are really just doubling each other up. Maybe one's yeah, up an yeah. octave, maybe one's down. 
and yeah. it's relatively few times that they're doing different things and they're kind of one's playing these kind of long notes with an effect over it and the other is kind of sitting a bit more kind of in a rhythmic place with the drums yeah and i i, I enjoy it and like i say I, I kind of i like the lyrics i like the idea like writing a song about napster kind of needs to happen you see it in yeah, the yeah. documentary and they're kind of <laughs> talking with lars about it and you get that whole like you know he says like was it even worth it and it's like very good mm. question arguably no but like historically no, when you look back no. i think it was really worth it you know yeah yeah the, the sacrifice yeah. they made um, well, it's like I got into Metallica through pirated music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was it was an incredibly short sighted thing that you know burned them with a generation of potential fans because yeah. uh, we know we now know in the fullness of time that people who download music also buy more music because yeah, they, yeah. they like music. If people don't it, like the music, they're not going to get it by any means. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm <laughs> I'm not a fan of streaming as such. I think as a revenue source, streaming must suck as an artist. I can only assume yeah, you're yeah, very yeah. little for it. But, yeah. you know, it, it was what we had as a way to, to go and explore music. You just had to go grab the MP3 because there yeah, wasn't absolutely. as good access to um, streaming audio of any form. Like like even trying to play radio stations, I think, at the time over uh, whatever, um, early uh, 2000 internet connection. Yeah. Exactly. It barely, it barely existed. You'd have had to download like real player or yeah. something like that. And was, I don't think, I don't think it was something anybody would have bothered with because you didn't really have digital radio. Yeah. By mm. that point, it probably still would have been FM. So it's like, well, what's what's the point in using your dial-up modem to connect? Yeah. yeah to exactly. listen to the to listen to Chris Moyles or some Radio One puke. Yeah. You know, why would you bother? Uh, anyway, this song's about uh, Napster. This song is pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> shall shall we just shall we just move it's got, on? Well, it's, yeah. got, it's got it's got the one the only bass section I think in the album where the bass guitar is actually doing something of importance. I think right mm. near the intro, right, is you get the kind of hammer on, yeah, and then it then it's immediately thrust back into obscurity and irrelevance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think the thing that annoys me about this album in general is that it's just it just feels lazy and perfunctory even if you're like oh this is a pretty good groove it's still worse than pretty much anything on load reload mm. it's it's just it's so it's such a lazy like uh, none of the riffs are particularly interesting and it's not like it's not like there was some kind of void in music and nobody's releasing interesting albums at this point yeah, you know, everybody yeah. else was it was there's a there's plenty of stuff yeah, to draw yeah, yeah. from it's the whole thing about this album and Metallica at this point in the the movie, it's just the amazing like self indulgence and insularity of it all. Yeah, yeah. and the fa- the feeling you get is that they're really just trying to fart this one out because of obligations to the record company. Yeah, yeah. and, they, oh, no. and they, really, they really they really don't care. No, it's just such no cynical crap. No, I see. I say I come back to it. This is it's the band actually trying to discover themselves. But mm. the the first note I wrote down um, about this album. Is it's a group of emotionally stunted men in their forties try and fa- try and fail to talk about their emotions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now and and so the music. I'm not. It sounds. This sounds sacrilegious to say. And it's and it is kind of excusing the album. <laughs> <laughs> the actual content of some of the songs is 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 secondary to the fact that the song was written at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now. There are moments where it's great, like Dirty Anger, uh, Dirty Anger, Dirty Window, and um, yeah. even moments in Sweet Same Anger. Window. So, oh my yeah. God, I've gone. This is what this is what. Um, <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same <laughs> sludge. This is more what 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 um, 
having a four-month-old baby does to you in terms of sleep, <laughs> which is also where I've listened to a lot of this album at night while rocking a baby to sleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like the, the thing. It, so I don't know if it can be said that it's it's lazy because it's so it's so off the circumstances, right? Yeah. I think the later albums that came after it, I would attribute more lazy tags to in terms of retreads of songs. We don't need another yeah, yeah. Unforgiven. For God's sake. <laughs> Unforgiven <laughs> three. three. Um, <laughs> we, we absolutely did not need uh, this shoot me again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, true that. Okay, well, maybe maybe something that took two years to record um, when James is coming in and out of rehab, it's not fair to call it lazy. It's still not, it's still not good. It's still not good. Um, all right. Um, Sweet Amber. Ooh, she holds my hand. And I lie to kiss my Use it what I want to get what you want. Use it what I want to get what you want. Use it what I want to get what you want. Use it what I want to get what you want. Yeah, speaking of not good, <laughs> um, it was okay until the singing started. Uh, Craig's yeah. raising his hands in disagreement, like <laughs> like like the ref has called it offside. <laughs> Go um, on, Craig. I love this riff. Um, <laughs> and again, ne- next to Dirty Window, one of my favorites off the album. I think this song oh, really. I think this song with relatively little changes could actually slot into a lot of Metallica albums. Um, okay. Certainly, of the later years, it, it, it would sit in Death Magnetic, not too, not yeah. too wrong. Um, we've mentioned already the kind of weird fan recordings out there, like in terms yeah, of the, yeah. the Injustice yeah. for Jason. Have you guys come across Saint Anger, two thousand fifteen? Yes, I yes, have. Uh, yeah. y- yes, because you sent it to me, and I just before the show, so yes, I have come across it. Yeah, so for, like re-recorded <laughs> um, it. Um, I think you could do something like that with with Sweet Amber and in, in, in the style of other albums. Um, mm. I, I think I think it's really cool. Now Metallica clearly <laughs> don't because they've only ever played it once live. Wow! Um, and I found I guess a bit of the YouTube clip, and their timing goes all over the shop. Yeah. Which a criticism Ooh. again of this album is that the drums don't keep time. I don't again. I, I don't know if it's yeah. just because I've listened to it for so long, but I don't feel that's they're perfunctory off the aren't rails they? Yeah. Like much. Yeah. Um, oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're out of time. Like. Oh, Lars gets a lot of flack. I think his early drumming is pretty good, but it, it's pretty dependable. It's yeah, not very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think he's out of time. You can rely like, on him to I mean, hit the drums very hard. <laughs> <laughs> like I think this one it is a good riff, mm-hmm. but as usual, they do nothing with it. There's no, there's no song here that wouldn't benefit from being cut in half. This could be a really good two and a half minute, mm. thrashy, thrashy punky song. Yeah, um, but. My other notes are, um, how shit are you? How shit does it get? It's never as shit as it seems. I just wanted it to end by this point. I really did. I was like, this is enough. This is enough. Uh, I, I quite like the uh. downpicks Rashi riff that we get at 350. That's one of the moments I uh, picked up on on this one because it, it, it becomes more of a Metallica song. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, I didn't really pick up on much outside of... Kirk gets another bleed guitar part on this song. It's not exactly testing him, though, to be honest with you. Um, I, yeah, for me, Sweet Amber's a largely forgettable back half song, unfortunately. Um, it has its moments, but um, 
yeah, for me, it's kind of dwarfed by the song that follows, uh, which is The Unnamed Feeling, which for the longest time was my favourite song on the album. Then the unnamed feeling it comes alive, yeah. Then the unnamed feeling takes me away, yeah, takes me away. And I think it's mainly due to the fact that I like the way it's structured. It feels like it moves in the the sort of way I'd expect a song to. It's not as weird and staccato and slapdash ideas thrown at a wall and seeing what sticks and trying to piece it all together. It actually feels like it's like it. The movement of it is like a an actual song structure. <laughs> uh, it, it 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 does what I want from a from a song. To be honest with you, all right. Yes, it's really bloody long. Um, and in <laughs> too long, probably, but um, yeah, it's you just don't, don't say. <laughs> it's just one of those songs where I'm like, this is absolutely fine. Like, so, uh, like structure wise, and just the way they've they've put it all together, I think it 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 works. I think it moves in a way mm-hmm. that feels natural and is totally you know serviceable in that in that in in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. There's one thing though, like um, they there's more daft pronu- pronunciation in this. Um, it's the get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, that always gets me, um, and, it, and I always remember as well. It's like James Hetfield shouldn't be swearing. This shouldn't be happening. <laughs> it's such a weird thing for him to be saying the f word. Um, he he f bombs a lot and kill them all. <laughs> Does he? I can't and remember. He, and he f bombs in S and M. He goes, burn, motherfucker, burn, old fuel. So he, he, he doesn't seem to do it. So it's a live, a live flourish. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember, because there's a lot of swearing on this record. And it, mm-hmm. it was always like, yeah. this doesn't, this isn't my, like, opinion of this band has not been serviced by by what, I, what, what I'd previously heard. And, you know, like, the, the hits, the metallic hits, all the bloody Enter Sandmans and all that malarkey. You don't hear swear words. <laughs> so for it to, you come to St. Anger and it's, like, very sweary. I'm just like, this this, this isn't what I, what I came in for this band for. And it's, it always sounds a bit like he's a bit unsure whether he should be swearing, you know? Especially on this one. Where it's like, the fuck? <laughs> uh, I think... Oh, this one, like the intro, actually, it's a bit new metal. It's a bit Maybe like that's why the I like cover it. of Mudvayne's <laughs> Dig. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like it's it. Like a, it's a really uh, nicely but, layered intro. Um, yeah. The guitar parts all play off each other really nicely. And I agree, mm. like, I think for me, this is probably like the most produced song on the album. Yeah, yeah. And um, doing more of my transposing of, of time, I think it could almost <laughs> be slotted into Black Album. Um, in yeah, terms of like the song, you know itself, not how it's how it's recorded, obviously, um, and it's got it's probably got the best James singing in it, um, certainly yeah, in, in yeah, the choruses. I agree, actually, yeah, there's there's like melody on here, yeah, totally. It's he doesn't have to make up for the fact that the the song is so massively downtuned. There's like no mm-hmm. discernible melody for him to to trace. Um, yeah, there's there's there, yeah there's lyrics that i can follow i think that's another reason why i quite liked it is like i can i can remember the lyrics i can follow the pattern of the melody i, can, I could sing along to this if it was played live um I haven't said that though um you're talking about the headphones thing. is any part 
of the chorus of the song in tune. <laughs> <laughs> the whole uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I just it's uh, all in tune. It's all there. Does some kind of some, dare I say some kind of tuning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I tell you what the choruses also do, which is good. Where to an earlier point that I made, the chorus develops in this song. And there's a moment where it kind of um, breaks free a bit and kind of moves around. And it doesn't move around a bit more. I think it's that it drops some of, some of the kind of static guitar playing that's over some of the, yeah. the first courses. But there's that yep. feeling of release and dare I say it's almost majestic. It's what I've written down <laughs> literally yeah, more yeah. forward um, yeah. relative to the rest of the album. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I agree completely. Um, yeah, I, I, I have no qualms with the unnamed feeling. Mm. I think it is a serviceable, listenable song that... Mm. Um, I'm glad they used as a single, to be honest with you. I think it was the last one off the record, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, I think it's a little There's bit a single, um, for, um, they, yeah, uh, yeah, not remembered very highly, but I think I like it quite a lot. Uh, look, I'm just going to respectfully disagree. I'm not, <laughs> not, not a huge fan. Like, I think the weirdest bit is that at the end, it just kind of farts so out. just goes... <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. But, Enough's but, enough. But, but yeah. do, you, do you know what the unnamed feeling is. That's right, it's the final trivia question that I wrote. Oh, I, I, I do, I do know what the unnamed feeling is, but hopefully, hopefully so one of your multiple it, choice lines up. Is it A, the feeling you get when you're talking about an important experience but no one else cares, so you give up talking about it? <laughs> is it B, the feeling you get before you lose control and panic? Or is it C, the feeling you get when you lose control and wet yourself? <laughs> I'm going to go with B. <laughs> I think it's B. It's anxiety, is what I heard. Yeah. That, the that, feeling. Yep, that, that's 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 what James has said. It's the feeling you get before you lose control and panic. There we go. The first one is a real thing called exolanus exolansis. Um, when you're talking about an important experience, which is how I felt talking about Saint Anger <laughs> over these years, no one else cares. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the what's the last one? Oh, I just made that. That's up. Just, that's just that's just, just that's just not going to the bathroom quick enough. <laughs> It's just, it's just unfortunate that was that yeah. was that was me about 15 minutes ago yeah um let's talk about purify So this one's more of a load reload banger for about five seconds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it opens with a great riff, doesn't it? Yeah. And then and then just, I feel like a lot of these songs actually start off quite well mm. and then they slide off into this nondescript riff sludge. Yeah. And that and that contributes to the, the, the feeling, I'm, the unnamed feeling mm-hmm. of just feeling like it's the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and and because I've listened to the whole thing about three or four times, I don't agree with that. I could pick all the individual songs apart of it, you know, in a, a blind riff test. Yeah. But this this song's fucking shocking. It's the chorus the... is probably the worst on the album. I have also written the exact same thing, Alan. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, write? Did you write this as shocking and the worst chorus? Probably the worst chorus on the album is in my notes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, 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 what I, do you think? I wrote terrible, but I do find myself singing it. <laughs> there is something hooky about the vocal in it. <laughs> oh, Purify, come out of you, please. Instantly uh, spoils it for me uh, is when the vocals initially come in, they don't sound like they match oh, the weird, yeah. staggered 
riff in that verse mm. is so it's such a weird piece of music and i don't know why they've chosen to sing over that bit in particular i would have left that alone if you were going to structure this in a in a different way but like yeah oh the the lyrics on and vocals on this are just <laughs> dire like this it really ruins it um, um we uh we were listening to this one earlier we were making dinner and i was sitting in the living room typing typing my final jokes and Jess <laughs> in the kitchen and she just shouts through the hatch oh my god this is so tedious <laughs> <laughs> to be fair and, though at, 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 the, the, at the tenth song uh, in that's that's heroic <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's i right. really i think we need to get i think we need to do it's, a Jess request and yeah. make up for this one i've got a lot of a lot of apologizing to do. yeah yeah totally this is the song that I, I remember least on the album every time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Every time I listen to it, I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is on it. Um, it's never yeah. been played live. That's according never. to Metallica.com. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, my notes were like, intro, this is kind of a mess and generic. <laughs> then first, <laughs> this really doesn't work for me. <laughs> of course, <laughs> terrible, but I like the singing. And then I've written great riff at 2 minutes 50. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh no, no, I didn't. I don't have two minutes fifty. I had that. The, there's a bit at the very, very end that's quite catchy, and that's what they should have built the song yeah. around. There's, there's, <laughs> so, what's your what's your riff? Two minutes. Two minutes fifty. And, and then I've written. Suddenly, there's life in this song. Um, yeah. And and it that's that's it. And it has it's it, good. And it's a it's an example of. If this was like, you know, recorded as a one take jam, it clearly wasn't. It's yeah. another um, monstrosity of Pro Tools sectioning. But yeah, if yeah. this was a jam, that kind of mid late section is like, oh well, that's the interesting idea. Let's take that out yeah. and go and build yeah, something yeah. either around that or into that or or whatever. Yeah. Um, this song also has a, a final thirty seconds, which is just completely different from the rest of the song, and then it just <laughs> stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we've given up. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we are we done? No. Okay. No. There's one more track, and it is all within my hands. All within my hands. Love to death. Smack you round and round and all within my hands. has bizarrely come back into Metallica's set list as of recent, hasn't it? Like it's it, on S and M two. It's on S and M two. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is. Um, I've actually listened to S and M two. Yeah, that S and M two version is actually quite not good. Actually, I quite it enjoy is, it. It's, yeah, um, it's quite a rework this, of the the verses. It's quite a rewrite, yeah, yeah. but it's good. You know, it's nice. Yeah, no, it totally works. Um, I think this. Uh, I think the original actually is also quite a perfectly serviceable song. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. like it's fine for what it does. Um, they've obviously got that. That, that core all within my hands like chorus lyric that they, they keep coming back to um, and it sort of binds the whole thing together the only thing I'd say about this one that really spoils it is the ending um, <laughs> girl, girl yes girl, girl, girl. fucking awful <laughs> just um, constant killing uh, screaming and you're just like I this, it doesn't match the rhythm again 
it sounds really strained and painful to do, and I just oh, it's it's such a oh, it's such a shame one, that it ends on that. I think the whole record. This one, I actually think of some interesting ideas in here, and mm-hmm. at times there's a there's a John Frusciante shimmery vibe to some of the guitars. Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair, but yeah, that, yeah. that was the closest thing I could there's, think there's of. A kind of that kind of, wong, that kind of wong, swampy, wong, like, chugging, light distortion, and then there's like a yeah, kind of phasing yeah. guitar that sweeps. It's great. Yes, amazing. Like landscape, but, but it's a, cool. yeah, and but it's kind of crushed under that Saint Anger mush and the Hetfield bellowing and the clanging drums and the generic. And then you look at your your watch and you're like, oh my god, is it eight minutes long? Fuck me, yeah, how is this eight minutes long? And then and then yeah, the end is just kill, kill, kill over and over. Everyone else plays at their own pace, drifts out of tunes, nightmare fuel. Yeah, it is, uh, and I <laughs> love fuel. it. Nightmare Field, Nightmare <laughs> Fire, Nightmare that which I did not desire. I, I um. love the uh, the apocalyptic ending. Um, very like understated apocalypse, right? It's not it's not big explosions. <laughs> I, I like yeah. how it, it falls apart. I, this was also an this is when I remember this was an album I would listen to to fall asleep <laughs> to quite a lot. Really? Um, wow. And so normally when I would get to like this this song in particular, I'd be in that slightly more hazy state where the the kind of it's not it's not a strict false ending to the song but there are definite moments where um it kind of it, it kind of comes back from the dead it's this is the, this is the song that actually i think finally the last track of the album ticks their mission statements in mm. terms of like unrelenting angry um it has i think the the only riff which like descends all the other main riffs of the song tend to start low and build up this one yeah. is kind of that chugging, stepping down the stairs kind of thing, mm. um, but yeah, it it, it hits its its mission. Yeah, that mission statement it, it works. Like the lyrics are, they've got the structure to it, but it's not as monotonous as some of the other ones. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is not like the standout track off the album, but I think for what they were setting out to do, or at least how it was built, yeah, this is this is the one that fits it the best. Mm. Um, and yeah, and as you say, the S and M inclusion, I was. I was so excited to listen to it because I was. I hoped yeah, that yeah. they would, um, that they would just basically play it straight, and actually <laughs> having an orchestra over the top of it could have added something to the original, maybe. Like because you can because yeah. it's so, it's, it's you know, the rhythms are so flat in many of these songs. Yeah, um, yeah. And in terms of like the melody, well, there's no very little melodies, or if there is, there's yeah. one at a time. So I feel like that would be like quite a good playing field to to sculpt some symphonic symphonic stuff over the top yeah yeah. and but yeah i think the the version that they ended up with is quite a lovely song to be honest with you like it's obviously they've gone for this sort of semi-acoustic kind of thing and Mm -hmm. kirk gets to do a solo which is kind of fun as well like uh (laughs) 12 string acoustic guitar solo yeah yeah exactly Um, it's it's quite impressive weirdly Um, um on that performance james hetfield ends it with a borat line um, really? Yeah, he says. I haven't heard within the my hands. Version. Very, and then he does it, and very clearly the Borat voice. He goes, "Very nice." <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, James! <laughs> oh, James! Well, uh, Please don't. Uh, uh. <laughs> God, right, guys, we reached the end of uh, Saint Anger. Hooray! <laughs> um, so, final, final thoughts. I don't dislike it. Let's put it that way. Like, I think. Like I've said, I think it's a moment in time. It's a weird record. It's proper weird, but it kind of makes it stand out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's but on the whole, yes, it is too long. Um, the songs are too similar. They the lyrics are so first draft. It's like unreal. 
Um, but I kind of have a lot of respect for it as a record because it's just like here is a moment in time when Metallica were having a real hard mm-hmm. go of it, and it captures it really well in a strange way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. I don't dislike it at all. Um, I have definitely come around to it more in later years because I, I, I've learned to appreciate what was happening and what they achieved during that time. And it must have been very difficult to make. Um, but I think it's a pretty good encapsulation of where they were at. So mm-hmm. I, I have some respect for it, totally. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely in terms of when you're saying like it's a moment in time. I think if you were, mm. while the documentary is an amazing either primer for going into the album or as like a post-mortem, if yeah. you never saw or never knew of, of the history of it and you, you gave someone the selection of the, the main Metallica studio albums and say, ask them which one were they having an emotional and mental breakdown during? <laughs> yeah. They would go. Oh, it was clearly this one, and yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of, uh, and that's why I like it. I, 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 I still it is probably my favorite Metallica album. Um, but <sighs> I just fucking cry, <laughs> Alan. You know this. I, I enjoy, I, I really enjoy the beauty in flawed things. Um, it happens a lot with like my favorite movies. <laughs> typically, have flaws in them. <laughs> Like I can get behind this. My favorite movie, one of them anyway. Uh, like, and, Dead... and what's your favorite Xbox 360 game, Craig? It's Alone in the Dark, 2008. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dead Rising is also one of my favorites, which is again another kind of very flawed album. It's a very flawed game. Um, flawed album. But yeah, it's it's just got. Uh, it has those. Um, it has creative decisions that I really enjoy. All the flaws are real, all the Pro Tools stuff, the lack of lyrics, the lack of work generally on each song. Um, if the, if this was an album of Dirty Windows, yeah. um, of that kind of level, it, it, it's, that's a glimmer of what it could have been. But for yeah. the time it was recorded, this is it. Um, and I'm mm. so, so happy that it exists. <laughs> um, and as I think, as I said earlier, I think it's it's the last novel Metallica album. I don't think they're ever going to do anything different. I think Death Magnetic, Hardwired are what I call kind of your greatest hits album, where you yeah. can kind of look at each song and go, "That's the Kill 'Em All song, that's the Master yeah, yeah. Puppets song, that's the Load yeah, song." Totally. And even there's there's a couple yeah. uh, Cyanide. I felt always had a, a kind of Saint Anger vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know if they're ever gonna step out of that that zone and not they don't need to they've they've established themselves but yeah, yeah. Uh, well actually you know you know what i take it back they did lulu we haven't really addressed exactly that. exactly yeah, yeah. lulu I is the never, worst I, I album to, ever. <laughs> i'm actually tempted to listen to it after this that's uh that's further listening for myself like how can it, how <laughs> i have worse? listened to it once it is it is unique let's put it that way it makes sense when you know um, it's about oh. a, a german play um, yeah, it's based on or inspired by a German play, but it is, my God! Like I, spoken word is always generally fraught with terror. I, yeah, I've yeah. not made it through the songs on that one. That was yeah, no, it's God it's awful. a hard go. Notoriously, uh, David Bowie is one of its like supporters. Uh, he thinks it's an actually he thought it was an actually great record that people didn't sort of get. <laughs> um, oh, well, um... Just for, further uh, proof that none of us are David Bowie and can understand his, his frame of <laughs> exactly. no, his view. No. Made for him only, I guess. Um, look, I, <laughs> I, after having listened to this about three or four times, start to finish, 
I hate it less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I, I think Metallica have more fun when they're playing hard rock with a metal twinge, and that's yeah. totally fine. I don't think this is a good hard rock album. I think there's very little creative flair to it. I really think it's mostly unredeemable dog shit. And if it didn't have Metallica on the name, it would never have made it into the shops. As far as a Metallica history piece goes, and a companion album to some kind of monster, I think it is an interesting curio. Yeah. And if you're somebody who's in into metal and, and wants to dig a little deeper and, and think about stuff, it, it's it's interesting. But you couldn't recommend it for the casual listener because no, when no, you get no. down to it's, it, it's it is crap. Fans. And they, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's and it's a bit uh, some kind of monster explains Saint Anger, yeah. but it doesn't excuse it. <laughs> and and just because there's two years of recording hell, you know, doesn't doesn't mean that should they should really have ever released it. So <laughs> I still think. It's pretty pretty crap, and I think as far as Metallica albums goes, it's easily easily the worst. Although I haven't listened to Lulu yet, but <laughs> easily the worst of their studio albums, and I think it lives up to the the terrible reputation. So um, there we go. Yeah, I, I will not be returning to it in a rush, and actually, I feel like I've I feel a bit traumatized after listening to it. <laughs> It was. It's been a real treat to listen to the Metallica back catalogue yeah, for the yeah, past absolutely. couple of weeks. Their 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 first three albums are hard to beat, and it, yeah. it reinforced to me that they genuinely were good back in the day, mm. even if they're they're not so good now. And I've got a lot of time for Hardwired. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in that. But I, as you say, Craig, it's really it, they're doing pretty much what you Testament have been doing for years and years, and and Megadeth it, and Anthrax, which is bashing the same album it's, again it's, and again. It's good, um, man. There's good songs on it, but it's safe. It's safe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess um, lack, lack of d- dangerous music comes at a cost. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I think you guys had the same favorite song, and, <laughs> and I think that song was yeah. "Dirty Window." You would be correct. You would be yeah. correct. Um, um, so, what do you think my favorite song is? I think yours was "Invisible Kid." What's the, <laughs> what's the shortest song? <laughs> I- <laughs> I actually, I feel kind of ashamed, but it was Invisible Kid. I thought that was a good, I just enjoyed that, I just enjoyed that riff. I enjoyed the bit and it reminded me of another band. I thought, oh, Deftones, I could listen to that, I should do Deftones. Um, but um, yeah, but by and large, there's not a, not a lot of hits. I, I think it, I also, yeah, the actual song St. Anger is a bit of a guilty pleasure. Mm. For some, for despite its crappiness, mm. it's it's not that bad. <laughs> so, what has everybody got for further recommendations then, apart from Lulu? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recommend Lulu or further recommendations either. Um, I went a little bit different with my further listening and decided that because this album is so odd and there's like very little that's similar to it, I have decided to my my two further listenings are. Two better ways to listen to Saint Anger. <laughs> <laughs> the first being the rehearsal DVD that comes with the original pressing of the album. Um, That's good. I think That's those good. rehearsals sound great. Um, they are such a better way to listen to it that it's annoying that it wasn't offered as a bonus CD instead of a bonus DVD. I would have much preferred to have that and then rip that and stick that on the iPod instead of. Um, the actual album version <laughs> uh, and the other we mentioned briefly uh, is hashtag Saint Anger 2015 by Daryl Gardner Chris Dando and Dave Cox it is a complete re-recording of Saint Anger um, by those three gentlemen and uh, production wise it's a lot cleaner and a lot sharper and it makes 
the actual musicianship stand a lot better on its own to be honest with you I think mm-hmm. everything's a lot clearer and it, it's a really nice rendition of the album um, it certainly makes the songs I like sound better <laughs> um, certain ones are a little bit uh, unsavable like all within my hands and purify but um, yeah I, if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to this album those are two better ways to listen to this record <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. Like it's, the, the live DVD is such a great shout. <laughs> that is, yeah, totally. If you're able to show people something, but I think also it helps you see them playing it, and you do see that they're enjoying themselves. Totally, totally. Um, and that is. And they click with Robert listening like, to the studio yeah, version. Exactly, they click with Robert so quickly. Mm. You know, like he, he's he's such a good like addition to that band. They clearly unite under his influence you know like he's and he's such a strange individual as well i love that he's they chose robert as the bassist he's such a striking like presence and he's got a really like interesting play style that's 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 his own and again like they pick up on the fact that he plays with his fingers and it reminds them of cliff and it's just Mm -hmm. such a nice little moment it's like robert is the chosen guy and they clearly really get on with him really well and he's such an interesting person i think he's a really good fit for the band um, and yeah, that's the first time he really got to to play it live, and you can tell they all really vibe with each other really well. And I'm glad that he's still there. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think he's a very good influence on the band in general. Thank you. And um, so my the first of my two picks is the counterpoint to 2003 Saint Anger. It's another album from 2003, also from an icon- iconic heavy metal band. Um, it's Iron Maiden's Dance of Death. Which, okay. uh, if you want a more opposite experience to the recording of Metallica's uh, Anger, <laughs> you, you can go and find some making offs of Dance of Death. And it's such a lovely experience, guys. They all get on. They're all talking to each other. They're respecting each other's opinions. There's yep. three guitarists, but they're not fighting for space. And there's a producer who just gets it done. He's so relaxed. Um, yeah. And the songs have, like arrangements and structures and <laughs> lyrics and stories and imagery um i just find it really interesting that because like, i was i don't know if this is if this actually exists in the heavy metal world but i remember being presented with a you're kind of more in an iron maiden camp than a metallica camp i don't know if that's a, a division that's made much <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's really more of a division. That, well, that's like you pick who you who your favorite of the four is the Thrash Four. Right. Yeah. Um, but, well, Iron Maiden's not the yeah Iron Maiden's not yeah. I think I think it's then they know, sort of sit outside of that, don't they? So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're 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 the you know, Thrash band. So my second metal gig ever was Iron Maiden in yeah. Dublin, well, 2003 I, for the Dance of Death tour. And hey. I think I may have. Um, got rid of my Dance of Death tour T-shirt because it was getting like a bit <laughs> a bit holy, mm. but it was the the oldest the oldest T-shirt in my collection. Oh. But I think it is. I think Dance of Death is a great it's album. It's got great, great track. Album. Dance of Death in particular. Uh, I love Passion Dale. Um, Passion Dale is really good. Um, Rainmakers really good. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's even good. It's got the first track written by Nico McBrain, which yes. is New Frontier on it. Um, and when you um, watch the the um, making yeah. off, like when you watch, and the, it's the first, the only song the drummer's written, and they talk. Uh, Steve Harris, uh, the bass player, is saying like, "Oh, you know," and then 
Uh, Nick's, you know, teaching me how to play the bass, and I'm like, oh, this is something like how I play. And he's like, oh, I've been watching you for 20 years. And I'm like, oh, you Muppet. And I'm like, oh, they're so nice. They just get on with each other. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> Lars and Kirk are screaming, or Lars and James are screaming fuck into each other's face. <laughs> meanwhile. The only, the, only thing about, the only thing about Dance of Death is it's very 2003, and that they, the cover is all like this really oh, shitty CG. So, yeah. right? so, like it's all been done in poser. So the con- that's the only thing I don't like about the it. The controversy about that is the artist, is that that is, that is, a, that is exactly what it is, it is a pre render of the final version, but the band liked the pre render better than the final version. The artist disagreed to the point that they are not credited in the liner wow. notes. Um, but yeah, I like it again. But it, it, it doesn't it doesn't fit the vibe of the album. Um, <laughs> but I like it for its weirdness. But again, I like kind of weird things. Um, <laughs> I have also but, just uh, I've also just written an open was... question of if there was ever world peace and there was no more war, what would Iron Maiden sing about? <laughs> um... They would sing about historic wars. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah they, it, it, they, no, it's it's a it's a it's a really good album. It's a, it's a weird one in the Maiden canon, mm. um, but it's a it's a really and the the track Dance of Death is is very good. It gets a bit um gets a bit Stonehenge. Gets it's final it, yeah, tap. They're all, in the they're all, it's, it's got its kind of baroque elements to it, um, for sure. But it, it, again, it's a, it's the concept of the album. It kind of works. Yeah, um, but it's part of it's it's their first. I think it's their first album where they really go full prog. Mm-hmm. They, they become because they become increasingly prog rocky with their later albums, especially right. Final Frontier and the Book of Souls. They're very like long, long ass, twenty minute track mm-hmm. proggy, proggy albums. So okay, what's your what's your second? Pick? My second one is more in the line of what because um, I, I don't think Saint Anger is a particularly heavy album. Like System of a Down instantly trounces um, like anything on Saint Anger in terms of heaviness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to pick, but I don't listen to a lot of heavy metal music, and I didn't want to pick something else from the early two thousands. Um, <laughs> so in an attempt to be at least semi-current, um, I've I've went to what was the most recent heavy, unrelenting, innovative, pure metal album, which is the soundtrack to two thousand sixteen's Doom. <laughs> I can see Mick why Gordon. you chose that actually. Yeah. 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 Which, <laughs> like. My God, if you want unrelenting, beat you over the head and metal, like <laughs> yeah. that is the one to go to. Particularly if you're if you're in any way interested in um, song music production, Mick Gordon, the composer, has got a GDC talk where he shows you how he came up with the sound, um, mm. which was like running wave uh, sine waves through just these insane arrays of effects units, which is kind of like an idea and uh, of channeling energy that comes from the game. And he comes up with this incredibly innovative sound um, because he had the the mission brief of no guitars for Doom. Mm. Um, And then he slowly just adds more guitars and then he adds seven (laughs) string guitars and then he adds an eight string and then a nine string guitar. (laughs) Um, And it's it's definitely an album that I will throw on. Uh, I did it a lot when I was doing a lot of um, renovation around the house and having to tear things down <laughs> rip, and rip, and, tear. rip and tear man uh, but yeah the 2016 uh, doom is an absolute banger yeah it's a, it's a very good soundtrack i think uh what's it bfg division mm-hmm. that's yeah. a oh, what a song that, that's an absolute that's a sledgehammer of a track i think yeah. i sent my brother's a gif of a cat head banging that <laughs> um 
All right. Well, I I have been really boring and just picked picked two albums. I stuck stuck to the brief. <laughs> you did. Um, you did. So, <laughs> so so I pay. So I have two picks. First one is a, another thrash album, um, and it is uh, Slayer's Rain and Blood. Because after listening to this, um, I think we need a bit of a. I was trying to think what's the diametric opposite of this. It yeah, is yeah. Even heavier and faster than Metallica's earlier stuff. Incredible album. I think it's one of the most powerful things ever committed to record. Yep. And it's about 30 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Not um, even that. Yeah. So, so it really is the antithesis of St. Anger. And um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. Um, Great album. So the second, the second one is, um, I was trying to think about the, the Metallica fun hard rock sound. Yeah. And, and what band has done that well infused metal and hard rock? So my second pick is um, it's an album by Alter Bridge. Um, it's called Fortress. So this is what I think Metallica have been trying to do since Load. And it is just one great riff after another, after another, mm. after another. And, and the title track in particular is a, it's a masterpiece. I could just listen to that all day. Mm. And, and you will not believe that it is pretty much everybody from Creed except the singer. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I always... I yeah, that, I that's always Alter Bridge is... Um, yeah, it's Mark Tremonti... Um, Whoever the other two guys from Creed are called, aren't Scott Stapp, um, and it's uh, Miles Kennedy on the vocals. Um, but um, Tremonti does a lot of solo stuff as well. Yeah, He's got a couple been, of really good I've solo been shown albums some like Cauterize and yeah, Dust. And, yeah. But he is he is probably one of the best like modern metal guitars. And, and Tremonti's his solo stuff is actually quite thrashy. But yeah, yeah. Fortress is more, I'd say it's it's more just kind of heavy metal slash like stadium rock. Yeah. Um, but but to me that is that's taken what Metallica have been trying to do but keeping it consistently interesting yeah, and yeah. Um, and melodic and good um, so it's so it's, it's yeah, a really really favourite album of mine I mean they've, they've got a lot of good stuff um, Blackbird's probably their most critically acclaimed album mm. it, it won like Guitar World's best solo of all time oh right okay um, but, um, but I think Fortress is um, is, a, is a good um, good entry point oh very good uh, so this is this is the same danger of podcast because it's about twice as long as it probably needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I look, I look yeah. forward to um, this being either your most or least downloaded episode. <laughs> I don't even. I, I couldn't even tell you the stats. Um, okay, so all right, so some kind of monster. So what I thought. So the the actual serious comment is that. So Craig and I, for those of you who don't know, have been doing. Uh, We've been writing a blog called Split Screen for over a decade now. And we also did a, a magazine called 5 Out of 10 for five years. And we're always trying to outdo each other and make each other laugh. And that's kind of the way our creative process works is, is riffing off each other. Um, and we usually come to the table with ideas. And St. Anger's totally the opposite of that. They come in with no ideas and it really shows. And I thought it was interesting to contrast it with our creative process because this is just guys shrugging their shoulders with that much inspiration it's a bit of a, as it's a bit of an aussie ashiba right mate attitude to it you know <laughs> and and i just like i thought as without sounding too pretentious as a creative professional i found th- that weird and if the the three of us were coming into the, the studio to write our album i would have a, a massive can of here's all the good riffs i have mm. what do you think of this and I, I think that's part of the reason why the album sucks is because they don't do that does anybody does that does that ring true? I think so, absolutely. Um, I, I uh, yeah, it is such a strange. I've never understood the creative process of hiring a studio space or a space um, with nothing in advance. Like, surely you would have jammed or written some riffs or something in advance of any session because 
like writing in the studio must be just an enormous waste of money if anything right like i appreciate metallica are in a bit of a nicer position than most in that they have the money to do that sort of thing but like i just yeah it's the therapist a is for forty thousand dollars a month yeah. so he gets a bit he gets about a million dollars over the course of uh, recording some kind of monster yeah this is it <laughs> yeah i i kind of i can I, I think you're i think in terms of metallica it's definitely not it doesn't mm. suit them um, and you know we mentioned how they collect their riffs and they really do kind of build the songs around the guitar riffs and arrange sections and then go in and do vocals and then uh, or and then at the same time I guess bass and kind of lead guitar solos happen um, interestingly when you look at the Hardwired album the reason why most of the making offs is just got James yeah. and Lars and this is this is what he said is Kirk says he isn't there because he lost his phone, which had all of his ideas on it. <laughs> now, why why he couldn't still be there <laughs> and contribute, I don't yeah, quite know. Because yeah. um, I know just from my own kind of songwriting that generally the really good stuff sticks yeah. with mm-hmm. you and you don't necessarily need to write it down. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of do get... So for Manalka, no, the studio thing does not work. Other bands... Kind of, I get it. Um, I mean, I, I, like recording my own nonsense. Uh, Adios famous at adiosfamous.bandcamp.com. <laughs> you know, the last thing I did, the last little EP I did was because I had a, a couple months before my baby was going to be born, mm. and there was maybe two of those songs I had like ideas for. But there is something really nice about discovering something in the moment and recording it and building it, um, and it for me it makes the music be off the moment um but you can you can you can always capture that in, in terms of how you build it mm. uh, but, my but God, i think as well like I, in I, your instance there like you at least have the freedom of you know it's your home studio it's you're not it's not costing you any money to do that sort of mm-hmm. things i don't think everybody has that freedom unfortunately i do, i'm oh, very yeah, similar absolutely. when i write cranston stuff <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, i am sitting in front recording. of a pc yeah <laughs> Exactly. I'm sitting in front of a PC, just rearranging things there and then, and whatever sticks, mm-hmm. sticks, and I'll, I'll make a note, record it, or whatever. Um, I don't come into it with ideas, but like I would, in a in a normal instance, I would have said that that was a demoing process that I was doing yeah. there instead of it being directly a result mm-hmm. of the finished product. You know. That's totally um, so yeah, but yeah, um, so yeah, I agree completely. Like yeah, it's 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 definitely how I I I make my music, but again, it's. I'm not going to a studio after to go and produce it correctly with well, this the budget is the, and the production. This is where they say, um, you know, about writers waiting for inspiration, and they, they sort of say inspirations for amateurs, right? Mm. And pros just get in there and and write. And I suppose musicians just get in there and, and riff mm. and come up with ideas and play with ideas and, and bank them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig and I have previously talked about the is it, the guy from Weezer who keeps all song ideas in a spreadsheet. <laughs> I wow, was going to okay. mention that River Cuomo he catalogs his lyrics by syllable count where the emphasis sits and um, he does a similar thing I think for just chord progressions and then it's just a case of scrolling through and matching things up and while again they've they've had some decent songs in the later years it seems like such a joyless process yeah I mean yeah. I mean like can't like when when we say you know we're on the turning point of AI about to generate art like well you clearly are when we're doing the fucking job that they're going to do anyway by making the spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weezer, Weezer will be the first to be replaced by the robotic overlords. <laughs> Beverly Hills, that's where I want 
to be. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, on to my jokey notes. Um, well, seeing I'm, as I'm vegan, it would be remiss of me to say James Hetfield skips his kid's first birthday to go kill a bear in Russia, which is perfectly normal, down-to-earth stuff that normal people do. Mm. Right, my biggest problem is some kind of monster. If they're doing four-hour work days... Why don't they eat lunch before they start work? <laughs> Why are there so many scenes of them eating lunch and complaining about not having enough time? That, that, is, that is basic, basic project management. Don't you know that's that is just uh, why? Why do they sp- they spend so much time in that movie eating goddamn sandwiches with a good recording music? If ever, um, if ever someone needed a packed lunch on the the drive to the studio, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, so, yeah, so really they should have just, the lesson for all the musicians is just eat, you know, eat a hearty breakfast and then get the studio <laughs> cut recording. Um, there's also a bit that on day 550, the manager is listening and he says, Jesus Christ, these guys aren't letting up. <laughs> yeah. um, and also, um, day 620, when you're watching the, the therapist age in front of our eyes and he says, I like to stretch the frontiers of what people accept. <laughs> oh, good God. Oh, that's um, so scary. Um, and so we got to the end of Some Kind of Monster, and Jess said to me, um, uh, it was very long. It could have done with more editing. yeah, wait till you hear the album. <laughs> can you just clip that out as a separate four-second version of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well... That was um, that was some kind of podcast. Yeah, that was uh, great. <laughs> so, uh, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh, it's been a real pleasure. It's been yeah, uh, been an absolute absolute blast. And uh, we'll have you back on in the next episode for Lulu. Fantastic. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go investigate what that was. Then <laughs> it's been great. Thank so, you for so having where, me. <laughs> where can we find your music? Because that wasn't a good enough plug. Oh, my music is at Adios Famous. A-D-I-O-S-F-A-M-O-U-S dot bandcamp dot com It's Love just stuff. me It's just me doing stuff <laughs> Good stuff. If anyone were to ever listen Please let me know what genre is I don't know what to tag it as <laughs> You need to improve the SEO uh... Get discovered oh. Have my big break Be picked up by Bob Rock <laughs> <laughs> you, can play, you can play the bass like a ukulele for you <laughs> Uh, so you can find us at castironshow.co.uk. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you won't find us on Spotify because I don't like that they can inject ads into podcasts. That sucks. Mm. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Cast Iron Show. And you can find us on Facebook. And um, and that's us. That's that's been us. Yeah, it's and um, and we will we will return again. And we'll try not to be so long next time. Craig, Craig's <laughs> given the horns. You can't see it. He's given the given the horns. Uh, are you stuff. in your uh, you, you in your dressing gown? Yeah, that's very rock god of I, you. I, horn, I am as well, even though you can't see me. But yeah, it's more I sleepy dad than rock god. But I'll take it. <laughs> uh-huh. We've got like you've got like three or four guitars behind you, so you've got the you've got the credentials. <laughs> four guitars. There's an electric banjo. But if I if I talked <laughs> about that. I would stretch the, the podcast even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to review us and share us with all your friends. Until then, we've been Cast Iron. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.